And this episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast is in part sponsored by Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. We're so happy to have them as a sponsor. 75 years they've been in Bridgeport, four generations of the Gray family, bringing smiles to the faces for people that come in and eat in Bridgeport. They still hand cut their steaks and you know that famous breaded catfish and chip. What do we love at Gray's every time we go there? Cheeseburgers. Best cheeseburgers around. May I say double cheeseburgers? Or double cheeseburgers. <laughs> double the burger, double the fun. Hey, give them a call. 618-945-9501. Dine in. Pick it up at the window. Just make sure you tell them when you stop in that you heard about them on the Old School Red Hill podcast. We'd appreciate it. Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. Hey, thank you very much for tuning in to another podcast of the old school Red Hill variety. A little bit different. We got the whole gang on board, socially distanced with our microphones and headphones on. So first of all, I'd like to introduce the men that write and produce this wonderful broadcast. To my left, Chip Jamerson. Hi, Brian. Good to see all of you. It's been a while since I've seen you in person. That's right. Pretty cool having everybody here together and not doing it over a computer and and uh, all the issues that that can bring. Next up, Mr. David King. Hey, Brian. Good to be here. Glad to have you, my man. And to my right, my compadre, my brother, Gary Emmons. Yeah, hello, everybody. Good to have the gang back together here. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Chip, you want to tell the fine folks what we've got going on this week on the on the podcast? Well, this week we're going to we're going to be doing another one of our school year podcasts. I believe this will be our maybe third one that we've done where we take an entire school sports year and go all the way from August to June with that covering most of the sports. And I, I said one question for you guys. So this is a little bit different for us because. The school years we've done before were ones that we were either we were part we were in school at that time right, or right. we were kids going to the games. This is a little bit different. We have all graduated from high school now in ninety nine two thousand and by a long time for me. Yeah. So let's just go around the table. What was ever where was everybody at? So we kind of I can kind of picture that as we're going through. So King, where were you at in ninety nine two thousand? I started the year out in Shelbyville, Indiana, working for Enterprise Rent a Car. Um, Still lived in Shelbyville. We actually moved to worked in the Columbus office. Actually moved back to Vincennes that summer. Summer so I was 2000. At, so I was back. actually in the area for a good part of '99, uh, but then moved back to Indianapolis um, in December of '99. Uh, okay. But uh, what? But kind of your point on that was, even after I graduated, you know, I still followed Red Hill, you know, as much yeah. as I could. But when I started studying for this year, it's like. I think this was the season that I didn't, this is like the first season I didn't follow. So I, yeah. mean, I had a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gary? Well, I actually came back. So I had graduated college and uh, got a job at the school. And then I 
joined uh, Coach Evans' football staff, and then uh, Gary Wilsey asked me to be a part of the basketball staff too. So I had to go back and look. At, like I said, this was 20 years ago now. It's crazy it's been that long. But uh, So I was back in it uh, to coach both uh, football and basketball that year. Oh, awesome. And uh, this was about the time that I had met my – future and now current wife, Kirsten, and uh, we I had accepted a job up in, in uh, near Chicago. So this was the time when we were preparing to move up. Uh, we lived in Schaumburg, so we were just starting our relationship and, and, uh, and heading up there. So exciting time for me. I'm actually at this time living in up around Springfield, Illinois. I was my, in my fourth year teaching up there. I was teaching fifth grade. It was my first year teaching fifth. I had taught third before that. And I was coaching junior high girls basketball, which is actually during this fall season. So I was very oh, wow. focused on that. So I, I don't think I ever saw this football team play because this, the seasons were at the same time. Hey, first, let's do this. We've got to discuss who won the facilities episode. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never get enough. Hands go up for the winner. We uh, do this little thing where we decide who won the last episode, and it was Facilities Part 2 where we talked about the track and some of the parts of the, the high school. So, uh, Gary Emmons, who won Facilities Part 2? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Reverend Fred White. Uh, he was instrumental and did a lot of the work to get that uh, all-weather track built, which was a great uh, you know part of our community. It then led to some pretty amazing track athletes to go through there. Some we'll talk about today, but one Matthew, Matthew Shear, number one. So I'm going to go with Fred White. Congratulations, Fred. David King? I'm going to go with the individual that uh, withheld his $15,000 donation because uh, he did not want to team up with Lawrenceville. <laughs> Which I think was a great decision. As I said, congratulations, episode, you won the last episode. Yeah, I mean, we still got the track and we didn't have to include Lawrenceville in it. That's so right. I think that was there great. Chip, I, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go with um, administration, probably Mr. Rice. Surely, I'm sure Coach Evans was a big part of this. Uh, having the idea, maybe Mr. Huber. Part of this, the industrial arts I talked about was underneath the bleachers where we now know the weight room and the uh, varsity locker room to be. So to have this idea that we can move industrial arts out to this new building, what do we call that new, the ag building? Is that what we call it? I would sure. Call it the out to the, yeah. the ag building, move industrial arts out there, put this state-of-the-art locker room and this weight room underneath the bleachers. I It, it, it changed Red Hill Athletics, so I'm giving it to – administration, and I'll say Coach Evans, because it happened after Coach Evans got here right after that, so I would say he was a big part of it. All right, good job. And the uh, my recipient is is unknown, actually, but uh, it's whatever high school kid, after me holding going to the bathroom for a couple of years minimum, then I finally got up the courage to walk through that sea of teenagers into that bathroom, so whoever the jackass was that, that shut the door and held me in there, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to him. That, yeah, uh, I'm going to look through that 1977 or so yearbook <laughs> and kind of see who, may have, who the, some of the main culprits would have been. Figure it out. So now we've got to move on, and we'll see if we can start to figure out who is going to win 99-2000. Before we do, hey, let's take a quick break. People State Bank, four great locations, Sumner, St. Francisville, Lawrenceville, and right there in Bridgeport, Stacy Moore, former Red Hill student and athlete. We appreciate your sponsorship as People State Bank 
builds relationships with farmers and their families and all kinds of businesses to help you with your financial needs. And, and don't forget that they have always sponsored the 4-H Fair and Lawrence County Sports and, and the Pack the Place and Academics. So all kind of things that they support the county for. So we appreciate their sponsorship at those four locations. People State Bank. So as we take off here on the episode, who has the uh, fall of 99 to get us started? I have the fall of 99. All right. So Chip Jamerson. So I learned a lot about, about this team and it's, it's a, it, it was a fun team to follow. I know Gary was a, a part of that, of the coaching staff, as he mentioned on that team. So he can, he might chime in with some things here. So, but we also have golf and volleyball, which was different from when we were in high school. Yep. When we were in high school, it was football, and then we had cross-country for a while, but eventually cross-country, when we were in school, we didn't have a cross-country team, so it was football. There was no no other. That's right. That was it. So I'm actually going to start with golf. Now, I have a question, because I know Brian knows a big golfer. Gary's a big golfer. Let's say we had golf at Red Hill High School back when you were in school. Okay. Now, Brian, you played football for what? Two or three Two years. Junior, Two, senior. Yeah. Junior, senior year. Gary was a four-year varsity letter winner on the football team. Dave, I know you're not much. You would have been. Yeah, so that's I why would, I'm kind of leaving you out of this. I would not have been on the golf team. I've seen Dave <laughs> golf. It's, it's, it's bad. There would be bigger crowds, I guarantee you that. Though, I, though for my obvious golfing deficiencies, um, I do pull some good shots every once in a while. Yes, he does. <laughs> now, so Gary... I think I know your answer. I think I know both people's answers on here, but it's just interesting to talk about it. You'd, you'd golf some as a kid. I'd golf oh, with yeah. you some as a kid. Absolutely. Um, would you have any desire? You may have had desire, but if it came down to it, football or golf, because you, you, you couldn't do both. You're still playing football. Yeah, for, not even a question. Not even football a question was, with Gary. Yeah, I love football, even though we weren't very good. It was Those were the best sports memories I probably have as playing football. And you've got to – you know, the last 28 years, you've played quite a bit of golf where sure. you you have a limited time on your football career. So that now Brian was a two year football player and a good football player. We'll get into his seasons later, scored some touchdowns that senior <laughs> year. Good. <laughs> and, um, but Brian, Brian's loved golf. I mean, Brian, as a kid, would spend day after day out at the country club playing golf. So I think I know. You come in as a freshman. You're well, on the golf team, aren't you? That, I was going to say, I, I, I loved my time the two years I played football. I had a blast with, with my, my buddies that we did it. I wasn't interested in playing football my freshman, sophomore year. So I think I would have golfed then and probably wouldn't have left golf to join yeah. the football team most likely. So I probably would have ended up golfing, I would say. And, and I've never been a good golfer, and I've never, but I, I like to go out there and play as a kid and things like that. And I didn't come into high school playing football my freshman and sophomore year so i think i would have given the golf team a try and probably stuck with it for four yeah. years and i'd be much better now i wish i would have had that um to learn the game and, and so in practice and so forth uh, i because I, I remember i would make those remarks that you know i'd see these guys from lawrenceville that i'd see out the country club getting to have a high school golf team and we didn't so it, it was a nice addition the numbers are never huge on the golf team but it's a great sport not football's not for everyone, so it was a nice addition to yeah. the um, athletics there. So we're going to go into the golf season. It was a good golf season, and in my opinion, that season, I think we had two of our better golfers that have ever played at Red Hill. I'm not sure what year we started off, mid to late 90s, I'm sure it was. So this is 99. We're not too far into this. Uh, co the coach is, you know, he mainly is a 
um, music instructor at the junior high and then at the high school, Mr. Ingram. So yeah. Coach Kent Ingram was uh, leading the charge here. And our um, our top golfer that year was actually Will Boyd. Okay. And I think Will may have only played his freshman year at Red Hill, because, and he may not have. He may have played a, another year after this. But he was I know he was homeschooled and um, had a really, really strong season. I do know his senior year he played golf up in Champaign. I, honestly, I found that on a search. He made it to the state tournament as a senior at Judah Christian High School in Champaign. But Will Boyd was actually a sectional qualifier as a freshman that year, oh, wow. and in most meets he was the he was the really low scorer huh. in most meets. But yeah, so what I, kind of did, did you have there? What kind of scores he was shooting? At? He was usually I would say around 37, 38. Oh, so was, he was yeah shooting good scores. Yeah. So um, Will was our top golfer that year, and then Matt Shear was a sophomore. I think Matt's probably one of the better golfers um, that Red Hills had. Somebody that spent four years playing. And as a sophomore, he was usually around 39, 40. And then Ryan Dowdy would sometimes be second place, kind of in that 39 to 43 range. So those were our top golfers I could find on the boys' side. And we did have two girls golfers, uh, Elizabeth Pusey. She was a sophomore, and she was the most one of the most improved golfer that year. And then Coach Ingram's daughter, Adrienne Ingram, was our low medalist on the girls' side. And uh, Brad Potts was a senior golfer. He won the senior award that year. So, um, I, Hold on, I want to say something. We could, you know, we always say that we could have an own podcast, but <laughs> if Matt Shearer plays football, I mean, obviously he, he was one of the, well, maybe the best athlete, pure athlete that ever came through the school. And I can't imagine, you know, if him being well, and that football, team, his senior year was really good. Weren't they? I mean, cause he's in the same group as Desi Likens. Wasn't that a really good team that, that year? Yes, the O-1-C? Yeah. Yeah. So you had Matt Shear to that team. I mean, that's, that takes you, uh, another game or two in the playoffs, I would assume, but or Brandon Smith playing football. And there's a lot of people that didn't play yeah, sports that we could have. We could talk about that all day too. But yeah, I know you've told me, I mean, cause you were around for that time and you, you've always told me that if he would have played, he would probably would have been one of the better football players we've ever had. If he, I mean, he was imagine, a junior pro. In junior imagine high trying football. to tackle him. I mean, if you ever see yeah. him run, I mean, it's, yeah. um, but yeah, so he decided, decided to play golf. And uh, like I said, I would say that was one of our best duos we've ever had on the golf team. I'm not a, I'm going to be honest here. I'm not an expert on the golf team, but I know, I remember back then that was a pretty good tandem. Um, I know we recently had, uh, like this year we had, now it's combined with Lawrenceville, but we had uh, Garrett Garrett, Halfacre and Cameron Ray this year. So they, they may be the best duo since these two um, came along. But as I said, Will advanced out of, Will Boyd advanced out of regional. He finished 10th at regionals, advanced onto sectionals. And, um, let's see. And I've already mentioned where he played. He finished up his high school career, but yeah. So I, I, I know, I don't know if it was on our old school as on our Facebook page or not, but I know there was a, somebody post, it might've just been on a regular Facebook page about Will playing golf. It was probably on our old school page. Cool. But, um, so that, that, I don't have a lot on the golf season, but I just kind of want to cover that a little bit. And then let's get into the volleyball season a little bit. Now, one thing I actually, um, I didn't mention here. I'll get to that. I'll go ahead and say it now. I've got a lot to cover in this 99 fall. There is a lot. <laughs> and I know usually on these podcasts, we joke around and we laugh a lot, but I am going to give the the listeners a little bit of a disclaimer here. And those of you that were, that were in high school at this time would are probably already, you, you realize these things. That fall of 99 was a very tragic fall at Red Hill High School. So some of the things I share today are not always going to be funny stories or about sports. So um, 
But here at the podcast, I mean, we're just we're just having a conversation like anyone would sit yeah. around talking about that school year. And let's get into the volleyball season a little bit. Uh, volleyball started in 95. That was going to be my question when, when it started. So we are in our fifth year. Uh, 95. Yeah, fifth year of volleyball. And um, we're coming off an 0-20 season. And Brian Gerard had uh, coached the first. He's one that's or they brought the program back. So I guess we had it maybe back in the seventies or so, because it said he re- revived the program. He coached the first four seasons. Um, and one thing that I, that I've always in the volleyball program has struggled the entire, it's entire. I mean, ever since 1995, the program has struggled and I've never understood why Red Hill doesn't have a junior high volleyball program. It, just, it really makes no sense to me. Every coach that's come in has, I think, asked for it. Um, it's continually shot down, and we continue to have 0-24 um, and, and so forth seasons. I, I don't care what school, what sport, you, you can't have a successful program if you don't at least have junior high. Yeah, and it, yeah, I mean that's just a no-brainer. And it's been 25 seasons now, and most of those seasons have been zero-win seasons for 25 years. And I just imagine, okay, what if we decide just to make it equal throughout? We're not going to have junior high boys basketball anymore. No one can even that. Yeah. There's no way that they would that anyone would go for that. So I really think the volleyball program has gotten the shaft over the years, and they struggle. But one thing I know, my daughter. She's not big into sports, but she loves to play volleyball. And, and girls love this sport. It's usually the sport at the high schools that has the most, especially I know girls' soccer is really big, but schools that don't have girls' soccer, it's usually the program that has the most girls um, come out for the team. And one thing I always notice looking at the pictures every year, Red Hill always has good numbers. So um, I credit that to they love there's girls that love the sport. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the coaches are doing something right to when you come at, and you know, continually go oh and twenty four, one and, and still one and twenty three, yeah. and you're still getting players out every year. So kudos to the the players, the coaches, and um, so st- but, sticking with it. But they've asked numerous times to get a junior high. Yeah, player. I wonder why. And that's why. And I think they have a hard time keeping coaches because they get in there, they want to, they want to get something. I know Tim Worth came in. I think he did a pretty good job. He was there for one year, maybe like, maybe a couple years after this. Yeah. He, I know he got some excitement going with the program, won three, won three matches that year, and Tri- tripled their wins. Yeah, yeah. and um, but only stuck with it one year. I would say because he felt like he was never going to be able to get where he wanted to be right. without having a feeder program. Um, well, if if Red Hill wants to uh, wants to see about how to do this, give me a call and I'll hook you up with Amber DeCourcy at Bar-Eve because they've got a, a probably the best uh, program in the state of Indiana going right now, and and they start in the fifth grade, and and they uh, they they're pretty damn good. Is and, there any sort of um, I know not feeder program, but is there any sort of like youth volleyball program around for? I, I'm sure they may yeah. do a camp or something here, but I mean yeah. a, a four or five day camp and then with nothing yeah. consistent oh, with it. You can't build a program. I mean, you yeah. cannot build a program doing that. So, and, and I know I mentioned 10, I know this is the 99 season we're talking about. I, I know coach worth came in there and good, did a good job. I think it was the 2002 season. He won three matches after he left. It was 10 years before they won another match. Red Hill lost 203. Oh cl- cons- they won. Three matches. Is that right? They won three matches in night in night in two thousand two, I think it was, and never won again till two thousand twelve. Oh lost gosh. ten straight years. Lost had, every I, single. I, I'm sorry, I had no. I, and I'm not laughing at the players. I mean, I know you're out there, dude. You've been set up to fail by your school district, but 
I had no idea about this. Yes. Yeah. So um, so when we talk about the golden years, it's that three win season. Yeah. So yeah. when we get to the two thousand two season, and I, I always remember, I because th- I remember I was at a, like a football game one, that two thousand two season, and and there was like people wearing like like the volleyball gear. So he was just one, he's one of those type of coaches, and he still I think he co- helps with the cross country yeah, or track does, and things yeah. now. So or his head head cross country coach maybe. Yeah. Um, but one of those coaches, kind of like with Coach Evans, kind of innovative and gets people excited about things, but. It's hard to keep that going as a coach when you, you there's no light at the end no. of the tunnel, yeah. uh, really. So I know we're talking about the night, but since we hadn't mentioned volleyball yet at all on this podcast, I kind of want to get some things in there with volleyball. Yeah, cool. Um, so that season, um, so Sherry Schroyer, uh, now in this, I think during the season, she would become Sherry Schroyer Barker, taking over for Coach Gerard. And it was a tough season, but like I said, the, the numbers were good back in 2000. Um, some of the, the key players that, that I could see in the stat lines were uh, Jeannie Wyman, Dana Akers, um, Ashley Lawrence, Aaron Yost, and uh, Christy Calger seemed to be some of the main players on that team. Cool. And um, I guess I kind of gave away some of my other things there. I did notice they stopped um, getting cut. There was not a lot of articles in the paper. Uh, Joe wasn't going over and, and, watching, <laughs> and watching the game, so right. you had to call him in. And I can, you know, I've been in those situations with winless teams and it's not real fun to call the paper and say, well, we lost to Carmi last night, you know, 15, one, 15, one. So, um, I don't have a lot of the, the information, but Hey, like we said earlier, kudos to those players that still today in 2020 continue coming out every year. And, and they, they win two or three, seems like a match or two or three now and then, but yeah, if, hey, if this podcast can do anything, we want, we need Cunningham Gymnasium and we need a junior high volleyball right. program. So Absolutely. those are two things our, that I can get our, behind. Our old school podcast rallies that we're going to have. Um, so I'm gonna so I'll go. In, I do have a lot of information on on football here, and we'll get into that. Um, actually, a, a, a tragic beginning to this to, for the for the district at the beginning of the school year. Really, it was actually um, the day after the first game of the season, or a day or two after that. Um, Mr. Gloucester was our had been our superintendent for the past um, ten or twelve years, and he had just uh, retired recently. Um, and I he had a heart attack back in July, and then had it looked like had another heart attack here on August twenty uh, eighth, mm. and actually passed away. Oh, really? So I know he was a, a beloved superintendent. I'm a, I know my dad as a principal always spoke very highly of him and really enjoyed working for him. So I think he was 57 years old. So oh, very, wow. very young. So I uh, like I say, that was young. the beginning of the, um, um, of the football season. And really the, and the day after that, I, I just wanted to mention this. Um, one of my classmates um, throughout much of school, I think she may have ended up going to Lawrenceville, but uh, Stacy Garrison actually passed away in a car accident um, the day after Mr. Glosser passed away. Oh, so wow. uh, she was somebody that I actually became friends with more after after high school. We worked at the daycare center um, a little bit, and uh, so I got to know mm. her through that. But I, I've been, I'd known her since um, first grade. So yeah. uh, very sad for the class in '91. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know she has friends and some family that that listen to this show. Um, so yeah, that first weekend of the football season, I'll get yeah, into that now, but a week, couple, yeah. um, um, couple stunners there, um, to, to start off. So let's get into, um, the season kind of give an overview here. So, um, we're coming off a four and five season. And one thing that they talked about in the paper was that it was an off season the year before we did not make the playoffs in 98. And that's definitely 
that tells you where the program's at right now when we have a four and five season and that's your off season yeah, because right. we've um, we've had many much, years of much different. Yeah. Yeah. We've had zero, zero to two wins on several occasions back in the seventies and eighties and part of the nineties and early nineties. Yeah. So I was like Chuck Woolery <laughs> on the, that dating game two and two. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we, we had, uh, 96 and 97. We had made the playoffs. Um, Dustin Andrews was our, um, slated as our backup quarterback and a starting defensive back broke his arm right before the season started. So Dustin Senior on that team missed the entire season. Uh, numbers weren't great that year, and we'll get into that a little more um, with two other games this season where the low numbers um, really came to light there. Um, so we had to play a lot of freshman, sophomores, uh, some really good freshman, sophomore classes, um, but they were freshman, sophomores yeah. at this time. They weren't junior, seniors yet. Uh, coach coming into the season, Coach Evans, still head coach, uh, mentioned that chemistry was definitely a plus on this team, a lot of chemistry, but leadership was a question mark. So it's almost like he's kind of letting the seniors know in the, through the media, and I'm sure he's told them face-to-face too, that he needs to see some some strong leadership if we're going to get back in the playoffs this year. Bill and Gary, you know this as good as, as anybody. Bill is very good at whether it's through – a scouting report or a Waco interview or like you said, the newspaper, he knows that those kids read that and listen to that stuff and he could get a message through to, to oh, them sure. that way. And yeah. they eat it up too. And I ate it up when I was playing too. So no, you're right. Yeah. So I'm sure the seniors uh, have seen this. If they didn't see it, I'm sure their parents did. And they've been, uh, that leadership's a question mark coming into the season. Yeah. And it's kind of a challenge out to them that um, if we're going to get back in the playoffs and you guys are going to be the senior class that gets us back, um, it's on you guys to step up. So you come, this is your first year that, that yeah, this is my first year as assistant coach. Yeah. Now, did you start calling the offense? No, that this wasn't, okay. that wasn't for a few years. For so sure, I didn't no. know. So Bill's still calling the yes. offense here. Okay. Okay. So coach Evans, uh, calling the offense, coach Lyles, uh, defensive coordinator, um, familiar faces on, on the sidelines. Tony Gaither coached the both lines, okay. offensive defensive line. All right, so four of you guys were the coaching staff that year. Yep. All right. No student teachers or anything. I don't year? think that year that I that I remember. Of course, we had our Howard the Duck Creek as the as yep. our manager. Saw him in the team picture. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. So week one, we had started um, um, Palestine. We had started playing them. Now this is before we're still. We have one, two more years until we enter the Little Illini Conference, which mm-hmm. we would play Palestine uh, then. So. Uh, we come into Palestine. Joe Jones has us as a 16-point favorite against the non-conference Pioneers. Okay. Um, Gary, you can't be involved in this little game tonight uh, because you were on the staff. But I'd say Dave and Brino probably don't know a whole lot about this season. I don't. So we're a 16-point favorite going into Palestine. On the road, we're going up to Clark County. That's a County. tough place to play. <laughs> so I'm going to say we won but didn't cover. Okay, so Brian. Same. So they both say we won by fewer than 16 points for those that Correct. don't gamble out there. Yeah. And Gary, do you... I'm pretty sure we covered. Gary's pretty sure that we're <laughs> going to cover this game, and we did. All right, so I don't know who's keeping stats here, but these guys are 0-1 on their um, I thought, picks. I thought it was a trick question. <laughs> um, we won, as I said, 24-0. Um, Palestine had a really good team that year. Um Seven and two regular seasons. So this was they only had one other regular season loss. Besides, it was probably a Casey or somebody I would guess. Mm-hmm. Besides this, so a really good regular season. So this was not. I think people look at Palestine and many years it has been that this is kind of a gonna be a cakewalk. Uh, definitely, um, 
Jeremy Johnson had a good thing going there at he Palace. And, he, and then at Pal Hut, when they um, started playing with them, had a really – unfortunately made some poor decisions. I was just say he had a quick departure there. Yeah, he's there about but, five yeah. years and then made some poor decisions yeah, about, about and one, ended his teaching and coaching about career. About one too many, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Palestine is in the little <laughs> – Palestine is in the little Illini at this point? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if that conference was around yet or not. Yeah, Jeremy and Jeremy was an Oblong, really good athlete. I think he was in Gary's yeah, he was class, my class. Yeah. Gary's class at Oblong, so really I, good running back. But we were already starting the discussions because later, uh, spoiler alert, I've got summer and Paul Tugall. When he kind of recapped the last year or so, he gave he said he wanted to give uh, kudos to the board to have the I think it was the courage to apply to the Little Illini Conference. So it was I've, moving that direction. I've got he, some stuff on that in the, oh, win, okay. in the winter yeah, time So I think well. we kind of <laughs> know that we're in our final two yeah. years here um, of playing in the um, NEC Conference. So that one thing I, I noticed throughout this year, so Mick Gray is our quarterback. Michael Mick Gray um, was our quarterback that year. He's a junior that season, and um, he threw for 189 yards. And this is a – he and Jake and Clark had – uh, quite a connection. Uh, Jaken was also, also a junior, really good junior class here. They're gonna, their names are gonna come up a lot. A few of them. So, um, so I coached these kids in sixth grade. Okay, in my one year of junior league coaching, and and I would say that any success they had, they would turn and point to me in that one of year course. of instruction. <laughs> was Michael Gray your quarterback on that team? Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, strong lefty. He wasn't. Arm. He wasn't until I got him and molded him. But right. then he became the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, uh, wore that famous number nine uh, that was worn by Gary Emmons and then Billy Gray and now Mitt Gray. So some of our great Jeez. quarterbacks have worn that number nine uh, jersey. Um, Desi Likens. His name's not going to come up a lot on this. He's a sophomore on this team, but did rush for a TD that that night or fullback. Um, turned ended up being one of the greatest players in Red Hill history. Um, But so he's starting to, he's really coming on the scene there as a, as a sophomore. So um, Jake and Clark um, caught an 83 yard touchdown pass. Uh, Tyler Thacker, a 22 yard pass and Jordan Leasty, a 20 yard pass. So you'll see, we were a, we're a throwing team. We were definitely um, not, not as much of a a ground, didn't gain as much on the ground. I mean, I I think when we were successful is when we were able to throw the ball and when not, you, you know, we had a little tougher time in those games. We, we couldn't. All right. So that's the, so we started off the season one and oh, and now we're going to make the long drive over to Salem, the long drive to Salem. Um, Salem's coming in one and oh, they've beaten the Centralia orphans. So uh, we are a 10 point underdog in this game. 10 point dog. On the road. 1-0 versus 1-0, both non-conference wins. I'm going to st- – oh, let you go first. I went first last time, Dave. Um, I'm going to say loss, the loss by more than 10 points. Okay. I'm going to take the loss, but covered in a close Kept one. Kept it close. Uh, 19-0 loss. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so King did nail that one. Um, King one and one. Brian o, o and two. And one thing that was remarked in the paper in this game: solid defensive performance. And this seems like it was a really good defensive was, team. Yeah. Um, struggled at times on offense, but um, because it, they were able to stay in just about every game um, this season. So, um, but one thing I know, you talking about how our offense struggled, only made it into Salem territory once that night, and that was the 47-yard lines as far as we got. So um, could not move the ball. But, I mean, 
you got Salem's always got the ball in our territory and held them to 19 points. That's a yeah, uh, that's solid a, defense for sure. Yeah, and uh, Salem would also go on to be a seven and two regular season team and make the and make the playoffs. So we've played two playoff teams, and of course we got a third playoff team coming up on the. Uh, Considering that uh, in my sophomore through senior year, I think Salem beat us by about a combined 155 to six. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. No, you know in that defense, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough road trip on a on a Friday night. We we talk about drive like, a school yeah, bus over to Salem with uh, the basketball team that will come up too. But this football team had a lot of big kids, had some real yeah. size on this football team, and you know the kids. I remember Matt Kerr was uh, Tim Kerr was in a junior yeah. and uh, with David and or um, but Matt was a, a senior that year, and uh, Mark Bourne was a good defensive end, and then of course you had Jake and out there, and you know so it was, that was a really really tough defense. Yeah, and, they'd all go on to be all conference, all any yeah. seat at least first, second, or honorable mention. Um, yeah, all had, had had big seasons. So, and that's one thing. And you know, one of our, uh, I think it was in our, was it one of our podcasts? We talked about how it was one of our struggling football teams. That you know, we just want to put our eleven best defensive players on the, on the field just to keep the game close. I think yeah. it was the the homecoming game against Alney my senior year where we, we didn't win a game that year, but we kept it close against Alney and we're kind of and we got a Hall of Famer. So who's really coming into zone as the uh, defensive coordinator? Lyles has been there. Uh, nine years now uh, on staff, so would go on to be a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, and you can and you'll see that throughout many of these seasons. Um, so we're week three, um, first home game of the season. We're home to host the Mount Carmel Golden Aces, okay. and Joe Jones has Mount Carmel as a thirteen point favorite. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Aces to cover. I'm gonna pick Saluki lost, but. Under 13. Under 13. Defense going to keep it close. Uh, 42-6 loss. <laughs> so, Rhino gets his first Finally, one. I'm on the board. And we always – we always yeah, so I was going to say we're, we're tied at one and two. <laughs> um, that's kind of the thing. You know, if we can survive, it used to be, especially when we played Casey the first <laughs> game of the year, can survive those first three games, no major injuries or anything, then maybe we can do something after that. So, we're, uh, we're one and two, but, you know, we got Salem and Mount Carmel out of the way. Um, you know, while we're talking about, um, the football field, I'm going to ask you a question, Chip, and I'm going to phrase it like it's a, it's a Jeopardy question. This place is right across from the Red Hill football field and they fed us dinner tonight. What is Griffin's Pizza House? Griffin's Pizza House. Gary, we had the pizza house tonight for the first time in forever. It, it, it'd probably been 25 or 30 years since I'd eaten it, and it tasted just like it did. Tyler has not changed that sauce. No, he didn't. That was, and it was fantastic. Really, really good stuff. If you like the Pizza House pizza when I delivered it to your door in 1987, you're going to like it in 2020. Griffin's Pizza House, 618-945-3663. They're open Tuesday through Sunday from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., and they've got that new deal. Employee Picks. The pizza of the month, which in December it is going to be a chicken Alfredo pizza. And I got a chance to talk to Tyler a little tonight when I stopped by to get the pizzas, and he let me in on some of the 2021 pizzas that are coming up. Oh, no. I don't want to give those away now. He's ready to release those publicly, but uh, they're really trying some new things. They've got some employees that are really thinking outside the box with some new pizzas. So he's keeping that traditional pizza that we all love from Pizza House, but he's putting his own twist on yeah. things with the new the pizza of the month, some new things, and the uh, they ice cream year-round. Um, so. Um, Dave, you get Pizza House quite a bit, right? You enjoy uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So thanks for feeding us dinner tonight. And this month, remember, still got a few days of that breakfast pizza in November. And then, of course, in December, the chicken Alfredo. And, and as Chip has been privy to, lots of good things to come from Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Remember, 9453663. So, as I said, 42 6 loss to Mount Carmel. I uh, didn't move the ball a lot that night. Um, only nine yards rushing against uh, Mount Carmel. Uh, we did, Jaken and Mick, Dick, Mick and Jaken connected five times including a TD, so our one touchdown was a, a gray to Clark um, touchdown pass. But as I said, uh, we survived it. We're one and two. It takes six wins to get in the playoffs. Got um, Everybody's one and two. The Salukis, King, Emmons <laughs> on our picks. Yep, so we got we to gotta win five out of six then to, to get in here. So as I said, we survived the gauntlet. Now we got Carmi. But Carmi comes in undefeated and playing very well. So this was, um, it's not getting, a, it's getting easier not having to play Mount Carmel, but uh, it's not getting a whole lot easier. This is our homecoming game. Okay. And this uh, is one of the, one of the two games I really remember. Okay. So yeah, anything you want to, I've got a few stats. That might be a so, hint, more, Dave. so when I, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm looking at some of my notes here. Yeah. I can see why you'd remember. Some yes. Of this game. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it, it's homecoming week. Uh, Joe Jones has the Carmi Bulldogs. He he thought very highly of this Carmi team. I could tell throughout his articles throughout the year. He liked what he was seeing. I'm 3-0, and no reason not to. They come in a 13-point favorite against okay. the Red Hill Salukis. I guess Red Hill uh, wins in a, in a close game. Okay. Gary remembers it well, so that could lead oh. to disaster, but it also could – Good We've had a lot of heartbreak. Like, like a memorable win. It could. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Salukis winning by three. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with this 13 point favorite thing. I, th- I think coming off the two tough losses, but um we won that game yes. 22 to 20. So oh, wow. uh, both of you, yeah, so both of I you almost hit it. That yeah. right. As I said, we'll get into the game more in a moment. It is homecoming week, and they actually have gone with what I've said is the best method for the homecoming. Friday Finally. night game, Saturday night dance. Wow. You've got all day Saturday. Those that are interested in doing makeup and hair and so forth, you got all day. Um, we talked about rush. this before, but I can remember as a kid being outside watching the football game and hearing the DJ or the band inside playing, and the game's still going <laughs> Yeah, they're getting paid. they got to start playing. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and I know now they go with, and they, and they like, they like that playoff atmosphere, the Saturday afternoon game and the Saturday night dance. Yeah. And Hey, go back in the archives where we covered homecomings for 10 years. Um, and all you gotta do is scroll back wherever you listen to your podcasts and find that one. And it did pretty good. Listen, we had a lot of laughs doing that one. And I would say one song that was definitely being played at that. Uh, it was a hit song. It came out late in the summer of 99 and was a hit all throughout the summer and fall. Um, Believe is her debut single, a monster hit, one of the great songs of the 90s. Um, sure played the dance that night. Genie in a bottle. Christina Aguilera. That, this is her first song. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. Lots of memories of driving the Woodstock yep. 1999 with Chip Jamerson that summer. Smile. 
Yeah, we'll get into the Woodstock episode more on the 98-99, but yeah, I was thinking the same yeah. thing. We heard this song a lot on that trip. I'm sure that was played at the dance. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I keep playing the song. I love the yeah, song. Yeah. I was going to go on, but I can listen to that oh, song. Yeah. I mean, we, play we, the whole we thing. Keep going. And we can come at, We can bring it back later and play some more. So our, our homecoming court that year was uh, Jessica Tussie, Jennifer McLean, Sally York, Alicia Baltzell. Okay. So you notice there's only four on the court. And um, a very sad happening just um, about a week before that homecoming game. Uh, Leanne Westall, who had battled cancer, uh, um, had passed away, but she was on the homecoming court still. Oh. So um, Leanne had passed away on September 11th, 1999, um, from leukemia, leukemia down at St. 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 Jude's Hospital in Memphis. Um, I didn't know Leanne real well, but I know her brother Shane, so I'd met her a few times, kind of knew her. And uh, one thing I can just say about Leanne um, she loved Big Brother, and she looked up to him so much. And um, wow. it's very set in the, the softball field's name for today, Leanne Westall Field. And so just, uh, I mean, um, it, it, I thought it was very nice that they um, that she was still voted yeah, to the homecoming nice. court yeah. by, by the by um, the team and, and whoever uh, elects that. So, um, yeah, so she had, so that was another sad happening I mentioned I was saying, during well, that. You were right. It was a tough fall. It was a tough yeah. fall. I mean, you're, yeah. Um, so these, so she would have been obviously on the homecoming course senior that year. So these are these uh, very tough for these kids to deal with. Um, so um, Alicia, Alicia Baltzell, longtime friend of mine, was the homecoming queen that year. And she was escorted by. Barrett Dunn, who also rushed for a 71-yard touchdown that game. A big night for Barrett. Yes. Um, so with, with the football game, um, it was, I said, it was a 22-20 win. Is there anything before I go through my notes, Gary, that you would like to... Just uh, basically the ending of the game is what I remember more than talk anything. Talk to us. Yeah, how do you remember? Do I want to spoil this? It's, it's, yeah, I'll let you take this. Well, I just remember that, you know, especially in high school football, especially small school, you don't see two, a game end like this very often. But I, I remember Jaken kicked a 20-some yard, 30-yard 30, 30 field goal. A 23-yard field goal. Near the end of the game to put us up 22-20. And then uh, Carmine gets the ball back, and I know they put together a little bit of a drive, and they kicked a field goal to try to win the game. 40-some yarder. It was yeah, a long sure. one. Wow. And they tried to kick a field goal to win the game, and it came up short, if I remember that right. And so you just don't see a yeah, small tool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like an NFL, the way an yeah, NFL exactly. game would, would, wow. would end. So. Um, yeah, so huge homecoming win. As I said, Barrett, Barrett Dunn, 71, uh, or I said a 71-yard touchdown. Rush for 71 yards. I don't think he had a 71-yard TD run that game. Um, but uh, Mick Gray, um, 11 for 21, 157 yards, two touchdown passes to Jake and Clark and Jordan Leasty. He also ran for a TD. So awesome. Red Hills at 2-2 two and two now. 2-2, two and two, as is uh, the record for Mr. King and Mr. Emmons on our picks. Um. Take a little break from things here with the Red Hill Raceway. This isn't a commercial for Red Hill Raceway. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> if you like racing, go see the Red Hill Raceway. Um, the um, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> so Red Hill Raceway is going strong at this time. Just some names I saw on the leaderboard that I thought I'd uh, bring up. I know um, Joey Latch um, graduated, I think, 70, 79, 78, 79. Um, 78, I think. Eh, 70, I don't know. Round in there. Like right. 70s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
He was um, in the Budweiser UMP Modifieds. He was up there on the leaderboard fourth place. And Kelly Aldrich from, I believe, Sumner was in third place at that time. So it's nice to see a couple local guys out their home track. Um, in the Super Stocks, we mentioned him on another show. Scott Moans for currently fourth oh, wow. um, in the Super Stocks. And John Schick, I assume of Sumner, <laughs> was, um, was fifth place. And um, in the Bomber Division, See, Billy Lieb is leading in first place. I think that's when you just build a car. Like, Yeah, I'm not sure. I, think you yeah. ju- I don't think it's anything. I think it's just a car. And then Gilbert Bice, and he was, um leave from uh, Sumner. The, all the people I mentioned were lived in had Red Hill addresses. So Gilbert was seventh place. And glad to see Mike Hayes in sixth place. Now, wow. I don't know if this was dad or <laughs> son. I think it may have been dad, but it could have been son, who was a 1991 graduate that's with cool. me. White. But, yes, Mike Hayes is currently sixth in the bomber, so I'll have to text somebody okay. that and see which. So remind me where Red Hill Raceway is or was? South of Sumner. South of Sumner, yeah. Oh, that's right. It's yeah, yeah, been yeah. closed for years. Um, okay. I don't know when the last time they would add. Red I would drive by there and look at when they were building it and so forth, and it was very exciting. It's, very, raceway. it's yeah, very impressive. What's it look like yeah. now? I mean, is it? It's like a bomber division. It's still, I mean, it looks like it could, you know, would need some work, I'm sure, but it seems like it could be brought to life if someone was de- found determined to do it. But it's set probably 15 years, I'd say. Huh. And since it wasn't high school related, I did not follow up with how the season ended, but I just <laughs> thought I'd give a little shout since we had so many local racers on the leaderboard, um, give them their due. Uh, I can't for, believe John King wasn't in that bomber division. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I have some downtime later on, when the other guys are going, I'll try to get some information for you guys on whether that was Mike Hayes Sr. or Mike Hayes Jr. that was in that bomber division. I'm sure the Red Hill Raceway will get its own podcast someday. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I think it just did. <laughs> uh, the other thing going on that, at that time, it's, it's fall festival time at uh, Lawrenceville. At Lawrence, I know there was an angry letter to the editor mm. that they were calling it the Lawrence County Fall Festival. I think they called it the Lawrence County Fall Festival to kind of like include everybody. I think they were trying to be inclusive by calling it that. But a very angry uh, reader of the Daily Record thought that, you know, you're not the only fall festival in Lawrence County in September. That's There's right. a fall festival in Sumner, so it's not the Lawrence County Fall. It's the Lawrenceville Fall Festival. Okay, see, I thought where you were headed there, it was going to be a Lawrenceville resident pissed because <laughs> this is Lawrenceville's no, fall festival. It's a oh. Sumner resident. Oh, I got you. Mm. Yeah. So, do, we, do, do we know who this was, or was it an anonymous I, I, letter? The name was on there, but I, I did not write that. I did not plan on including that in the podcast, so I did not write it. But I, I just kind of glanced at it real quick. It was, I mean, I think it was a two-column. Did you know um, who it was? The name that was a familiar oh, last name, I believe. Was it um, Mike Hayes? It was not Mike Hayes. <laughs> Bonnie Hahn came to mind for me. It, it wasn't Bonnie. Okay. No. Um, Cameron Atkins? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a girl. I know that. <laughs> um, so. Of course, you always had the rotary run at the at the fall festival, and it was a five k run. Fast times. I, I do a lot of five k's now, and I I'm not fast, so I can run low twenty fives, and I have lots of people behind me. I have lots of people in front of me, but there's lots of people that are running 30, 35, 40 minutes. Um, last place in this was thirty minutes. Like if I would have been this, wow. I would have been like third from the back in this. So this is a fast course, and pretty much it looked like. And maybe it was different. Maybe if you weren't a fast runner, you didn't enter these races like people do now. Um, but um, one Red Hill athlete, J- Jenny Fiscus, she had recently graduated in 99. She ran a 25.05. So Jenny and I would have been fighting it out there at the uh, finish line of the of the rotary uh, run. Now, Brian, 
Got a question for you. Okay. Do you know Jay Perkins from Candleburg? Yes, actually, he is uh, the former Bar Reeve cross country coach. Okay, yeah, Brian's a former Candleburg res- resident and um, and lives in Montgomery now, which is all part of the Bar Reeve School District. And um, yeah, actually, um, he's a teacher at Bar Reeve. So you know Jay Perkins well. Well, Jay actually won the thirty five to forty division. Oh, uh, with a seventeen forty. You say he's a cross country coach, yeah. so. Um, been running, so running is definitely something he's very interested in. But I just saw Candleburg there at the Lawrence County Fall Fest. Lawrence County, it was the Lawrence County Fall Fest. I don't know if they've changed it since the I, back I've of never heard it. I always heard it called Lawrence. Yeah, it may have been like a one year thing. Well, that letter to the editor, maybe it got <laughs> <Yes>. things done. <laughs> um, so okay, let's get back to the football season here. We're at week five, we're at the midway point, and we're playing the Fairfield Mules. Fairfield's 0 and 4 on the season. Red Hills two and two, and Joe Jones has Red Hill as a thirteen point favorite. Whose turn? Go ahead. Red Hill by six. Okay, so Fairfield. So you, so, so Fairfield you, with the. So he's taken. Uh, you know, based on a, we just came off a big win, exciting win, as Gary pointed out. I'm going to say I'm going to take the Salukis and the cover. And the Salukis won by 20 points, yeah. 26 to 6. So, Brian O's got it. He's getting a feel for this football season for the NEC now. Start to see where we're headed here. Yeah. So, um, uh, 26-6 win. Um, after four weeks, Michael Gray is the number two passer in the conference. Thank you. And Jake and Clark is the number two receiver in the conference. Both juniors who have been sixth graders on that team that Brian O coached. Yep. Um, and the Gray and Clark connection continues uh, Mick was 10 for 21, 217 yards. Um, Jake had four catches for 105 yards, two of them being touchdowns. Um, first time mentioning this guy, one of my all time favorite Red Hill grads, especially from this era, Scotty Evans is now start. He's starting to, um, become maybe the number two target for I, Mick. I was going to ask because our art, when we needed a big play, it was the Scotty special. And that was Mick dropping back when it just Scotty would line up on the left side. Cause he was left-handed and he'd just bomb it. And Scotty just run underneath it. Yeah. Scotty's a junior too. He caught three for 64 and a touchdown. Jordan Leasty, another one of uh, my Mick Gray's favorite targets, three for 51 and Barrett Dunn did get a rushing TD. Sorry. I, miscredited him with that TD in the, on homecoming, but he did get one. He rushed nine times for 32 yards and got a touchdown. Um, so we're now sitting at three and two. Ever since I said we would need to win five out of six, we are two and oh now. And school board meeting time. These are always fun yeah, to talk like about. These. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Mr. C. We all had Mr. C as a, a teacher, social studies, eighth grade at Red Hill Junior High. Mr. Anthony Zimski. Um Big, big. Uh, his claim to fame was throwing the books to you at the beginning of the year, and you threw them back at the end. Throwing the books and having that sticky to walk around with. If you weren't paying, he'd slam your desk with that blue stick with silver, um, silver around oh, it. Yeah. Um, and when he came by your, he, if, when he walked by your desk, if you sat up straight because you didn't, and you never knew when it was coming, <laughs> you could not be paying attention. Could, he he may not hit your desk. Could you do that today? No, he I, quit throwing I, the books too. I know. I, I wouldn't give it a try I, today. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, nowadays the book would hit somebody in the nose. and I'm talking just about the stick. I mean, obviously it wouldn't hit And it, it wasn't like a little tap on the no. desk either. I mean, he would he would um, wind up and he would hit your desk hard with that stick. I sat in the front row in eighth grade, eighth grade social studies or whatever it was, and 
I mean, he could he could reach my desk from his from his desk and just bam, just bam. If he like yeah. took your eyes off him. And his second. other big claim to fame was it was always a big deal when he pitched softball at, at lunch hour. Yeah, recently. he was. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah, I mean, great guy. I mean, going out there and, and he. Would, Where did he live? Only did he? Okay. Yeah. Did you guys all go on an eighth grade trip? We went to Springfield to the Lincoln yeah. sites when we were in eighth. That's grade. what we did. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. Because all of us went to there. Um, well, apparently the school board does not want us to go on eighth grade trips anymore. Oh, We've man. been here before with the, with the school board with other things. We could do, speaking of doing your entire podcast, the business club trip in, what would that have been, 86? We could talk about that one yeah, for a that while. Was a famous, famous trip. Um, so Mr. C um, went up to the school, um, spoke at the school board meeting that night and uh, was quoted that paraphrase i guess because i'll kind of say some of my own words we shouldn't punish 80 to 90 students because of the past trouble on trips only by a few not to let them have an eighth i guess some groups had gone to st louis i'm guessing six flags probably uh because it said trips have been to st louis and springfield in the past um hey that was the same argument they used about that dress down that's day, what i was you saying know, back in the late 70s and the board did pat five to two it wasn't a 7-0 vote, but they are going to let Mr. C start doing trips again. Um, so it seems like, and for anybody out there listening, now this is a different school board now, but it works. If you go to the school board meeting and you've got some good facts and we're, you can Yeah, make, we're, we're two for two. And you can make some... Um, you know, make some promises and you realize probably if you mess up again, it's, you know, you're not gonna get another chance. I think so far, the only person that's lost that went in front of the school board was that, uh, that girl's mom that was mad because she got, <laughs> she got kicked out of, what was it? She got uh, oh, yeah. kicked out of school and then she was mad because her, her grades dipped or something. What the hell? Yeah, was it? it was, um, did we talk about that on the podcast? Or was yeah. That just talking yeah about we talked about I don't know if it was a podcast <laughs> or we were just talking about it. It's the sixth center. Yeah, I can't like remember. Your fifth grade class yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it was. Because that's, I mean, and that's basically what a podcast is. I mean, we're just sitting around talking like we would um, would normally. The eighth grade trips are back. A um, couple other things I know Dave might get into this later. Ricky Wagner hired as the wrestling coach. Was a Lawrenceville grad, but um, you guys may know his younger brother, Darby, was a, and Ricky was a state qualifying wrestler as well at Lawrenceville. So, um, have we mentioned Darby on this podcast? I don't think I've two consecutive. We hadn't. So um, <laughs> he was on a he was on a run yes. for a while, and that's my only. I, I, I found a way to get him in with Ricky's hire. <laughs> um, one of Brian's um, classmates was hired as the assistant girls basketball coach. Um, Chris Heath Reinhardt uh, will be assisting Coach Lyles on the girls squad this year. One of the single sweetest people you'll ever meet in your whole life, John Christie was hired as assistant junior high boys basketball coach. John, over the years, Mr. Christie, Coach Christie, has been, he's done a lot of these $1 gigs over the year. I mean, I'd say those dollars added up, he could get something nice uh, with that, with all because he's always, <laughs> whether it's track, cross country, junior high boys, I think it was when his son Brandon was in, was do in they actually high give them the dollar? You here? actually get a dollar. I think gig. you actually get a check for a dollar. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I've taught in school two school districts, and we don't do that. We I was thought everybody did because Red Hill did it, but we so, just call them volunteer assistants. So, we don't so get you money. actually get you think that you they actually cut you a check for? I'm a buck. pretty sure I got a check. Yeah, yeah, I'd say by law they have to if yeah. they're putting in the minutes of the, you know at the board meeting that you're getting a dollar. Wonder what that breaks down. I feel per like they hour. told me I had to cash it too, or something. Okay. Like knock their books off or something. <laughs> 
the whole budget for the next season yeah. to be ruined. So we're week six. We're three and two, two and two in the conference. We're playing the only Tigers. The always tough only Tigers. Three and two, two and one. This is of all the matchups. This is probably about looking. The car in my game ended up being this way, but going into it, this is about the most like a pick'em game that gotcha. I would say we have. Yep. Um, Red Hill does come in a three point favor to Joe Jones's alma mater, the only only Tigers. Where's the game? The game is at. it's at only right yeah always tough to play over there we're three point favorites david king thinking i'm going with alney you're going with alney and you're taking the points i'm gonna i'm gonna give the points and take the salukis that are hot coming into the game okay so you're taking the salukis and the salukis did win by six Woo! Good so job. the salukis Good are job, right four now. and two <laughs> 20 and 14, he, he, the Salukis joined Brino at 4 and 2 say, on the yeah, season. We're both, well, I've been following their record the whole time here. So, so um, King yeah. drops to 2 and 4. Yeah, every game. And I know we don't do this for the other sports. We've done it for all of our podcasts here. We're, the football, there's really, this is the best, since there's only nine games, it's easiest to do football season this way right, where we yeah. go game. But you can't really do that in the other sports. Big passing game for, for Michael Gray, 10 of 25, 142 Yards, a touchdown pass. Who do you think you threw that touchdown pass to? Jake and Clark. Jake and Clark, you got it. Um, Kid's hot. And the defense. The defense, we've talked about this great defensive team before. Barrett Dunn had a 35-yard interception return. And Matt Kerr had a 27-yard fumble return within a minute of each other late in or middle. Of the, it was like with a, four seconds to go in the third quarter. And then like eleven twenty seven to go in the fourth quarter. So within a minute of each other, two defensive touchdowns to go. We just had that one offensive touchdown that day. Um, so yeah, defense definitely the name of the game. Um, it's like David King and the blue white. Yeah, that, yeah. So <laughs> twenty fourteen win, and as we said, we moved to four and two on the season. One thing in the news was there was a rally, um, and Roscoe Cunningham brought free pop, free hot dogs mm. out to the rest area, and. The rest area here between um, out on fifty near right Vincent, right by the Indiana border. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to revive that. It's been shut down for a few years. I know we actually had um, state state reps there. We're talking Chuck Hartke. Um, it was going to be a hundred forty thousand um, dollars to maintain that. Uh, and and it, um, Representative Hart, Hartke was pretty honest with Christ. I don't know if we can make this work. I mean, and. Obviously, it didn't work. I don't think that rest area ever reopened. I have I have never understood what happened with that rest area. I mean, I don't feel like rest areas shut down any other places. Maybe they do, but I that's just such a weird thing. How that I thought it was a weird place for a rest area too. Right on the border? Well, come on, <laughs> that's a great. Place. Well, well, and that's the thing. I'm glad you said it because I'm my, my the gist of what I wanted to say here. I didn't. I skipped that. They want to turn it into a Lawrence County Tourism Center where we're going to honor the Lawrence County past and so forth. Uh, probably the you know the oil fields and the, and the athletics. You could go there and and get a taste of Lawrence County. And you know they had a plan. We'd have volunteers manning it and so forth. But that would never work. It was, yeah, it was, um, it did, and now it's not there. If you didn't know there was a rest area there, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that there was actually a rest area. So, uh, that was big, big talk, but Hey, even if, you know, free hut and, and I go to church with, with Roscoe, uh, and he's 95 years old now and still, still coming to church on Sundays when we're in, um, before, um, you know, when we were meeting in person for church, um, if you're listening to this years from now, this is 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, 
But um, yeah, I know one time on Christmas we were all when we were walking out of church at the Christmas Eve service, he was handing everybody full size Snicker bars at church. Oh wow! So Roscoe's always doing doing nice things for people. Um, so we're at week seven now. We're playing the Floor Wolves. I uh, mixed the number two pastor in the conference, but Floor brings in the number one pastor. I think his name is Jeff Fahrenbacher, uh, was the leading pastor in the conference. Um, and Red Hill is a six-point favorite. Let me give you some stats on Floor here. They're three and three, two and three in the conference. We're four and two, three and two in the conference. Okay. Six-point favorites, Red Hill. I'm going to Red Hill. Dogs. Double digits. They both take in Red Hill. And oh, what? Wait, wait, I'm gonna change. I just saw yeah. Gary shake his head. Gary gave no hints, thankfully, on that one. He's, <laughs> he kept the poker face throughout that. Uh, Flora 42 to six. What win. happened, Whoa. Gary? Wasn't my fault. Uh, yeah, the high, you know, the, the passing attack of the Flora Wolves there. Just um, too much for the Slukies. On a happy note on that Friday, it was Kevin Tucker's 30th birthday. Uh, his picture was in the one of the, you know, like they would do the little. The picture from when he's like three years old and wishing him happy birthday. So happy birthday, Kevin! Yeah, Red Hill uh, football player Kevin Tucker, thirty years old now at this at this time. So um, he's thirty years old. Yeah, anymore. you can do the math. Twenty one, <laughs> thirty plus twenty one. Uh, so forty two six win for Flora. Mick Gray four of sixteen for forty eight yards. Um, our lone touchdown uh, was a defensive touchdown by Scotty Evans with a fumble recovered in the end zone in the fourth quarter after it was well out of hand at that time. I think that was after Matt Kerr recovered a fumble. Okay. And then he fumbled, and I think Scott pounced on him, I'm pretty sure. All right. It, they said it was a muddy game at Red Hill that night, which it didn't see. It didn't slow them down. It's just one of those games. It's just kind of – Yeah. You, get, you unfortunately get those every once in a while, just kind of a disaster, never go back and watch the game film type of games. Yeah. They talk, they talk about not, not much to get from that. So now we're at a spot now. We're four and three. We can't lose. We cannot lose we got anymore. two games left. we got to win them both. Some popular movies at the theater, Sixth Sense pretty much dominated at the, in Vincent's throughout most of the entire football season. It was the number two movie of 1999. Uh, Double Jeopardy, I believe that's an Ashley Judd uh, movie. Uh, For the Love of the Game. Who's I didn't even look at who's in Ke- that? It's Kevin a, Costner. Yeah. A Kevin Costner movie. Okay. And uh, the uh, oh, what's her name? That's married to John Travolta. Oh, uh, Kelly uh, Preston. Kelly Preston. Yeah. Uh, Fight Club came out late in the football season. Great movie. Great. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Three Kings. Uh, so some really good movies. Man, speaking uh, of two movies there that you you need to stick around till the end. Sixth Sense and Fight Club. Well, <laughs> that was a creative yeah, period man. of movies. Yeah. Oh, and Dave made the point to me one time he, for like pop culture and things like that. He thought 1999 was a huge year for that. And and some of these iconic movies came out yeah. in that year. Um, yeah, I mean, Sixth Sense even beat Toy Story 2 at the box office that year. So he made a ton of money at the box office. Okay, this this was interesting. I, I know this is a Red Hill podcast, but sometimes we go down Lawrenceville roads here. But this doesn't have to do with Marty or Doug Knobstick or anything <laughs> like that. Um, the... Um, it's Lawrenceville homecoming week, week eight. They're playing the, that traditional Fairfield Mules game for a homecoming. They had a picture. Um, this is 1999. This is not 1983. Okay, um, A snake dance going from the courthouse all the way to Lawrenceville uh, wonder, High School. We wonder talk, where they got that idea. Yeah. So I don't know how long, Mar- I'm sh- maybe 84 they started. I don't know. The year after Brian's class did it. Or, yeah. Uh, sure so they saw my picture in the paper. Yeah, so a snake dance all the way from the courthouse to the high school. Um, so yeah, I've, I've learned a lot in this podcast and snake dances are definitely one of the things I've learned a lot about. So whether you're doing a snake dance or you're, um, 
at a homecoming dance or just trying to get fired up for a for football game. This is a, a popular song throughout late 1999 was Santana with Rob Thomas. You guys know it's smooth. It sounds like you could snake dance to this song. I mean, just imagine oh, a snake that, dance yeah. and listen to this song. I think we're going to hear from uh, Mr. Santana later in the episode. So. Is this his best of yes. that album where he collaborated with other well, people? Well, it's definitely the other one. A lot of people disagree with and we'll Let's uh, listen to the next one later in the podcast. Then we'll, 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 we'll table this for now. We talk about music as a time machine, and when I hear this song, it takes me back to the fall of 99. Yeah. Yeah. My Spanish Honda Mona Lisa. Back when I didn't know as much about music, I never liked Santana getting credit for, um, like the song in like '82 I called "We're Winning." He had a song called "Winning" that was a big hit. It was like by Santana, but he's not the one singing. I never, right. I yeah. never liked him getting credit as the guitarist, but right. I appreciate it more now. Like, yeah, you can give the you can give them the key main credit on the song for writing it and, and playing key guitar roles. But yeah, yeah in the early, I never liked. Well, Santana. Uh, I watched a little documentary the other day on One Hit Wonders. Um, or no, best cover songs. It was like one of those list shows. And I didn't realize probably his most famous song is what that uh, Black Magic Woman. That was okay. a cover. I had okay. no yeah, no that. clue that that was a cover. Give me your heart, make it real or else forget about it. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm, fe- I, I'm feeling it with that song. I'm feeling the pressure. I mean, it's a we need two wins here. Yeah, we um, we're gonna play. Scotty's coming on though. Jake and yes. still hot. I mean, and we got North. We got one and seven North Knox. So that um, North Knox. Yes, yes. They were on the schedule wow. for a few years back in the late nineties. I had talked to Mandy. We should schedule North Knox for some games on that podcast. Well, I guess we had scheduled North <laughs> Knox for some games. The alma mater of the famous <laughs> Jeff Lynn. And I was gonna say we had this Lynn connection. I know his brother coached at North Knox, so I'm sure the Lynn connection didn't hurt in trying to get these. Especially, Brett had just graduated, so Jeff, Brett got to play against his uncle. Jeff was a, uh, I, I, as of just a few years ago, I think he still holds records for North Knox. Yeah, I know he's a really good football player. Um, so we're four and three. We're playing the one and seven North Knox Warriors. Red Hill comes in a ten point favorite. Red Hill by more than ten. Yeah, I take I'll take Red Hill in that. Yeah, thirty nine fourteen win, a twenty five point win. Um, moves us to five and three in the season. We got, we were leading thirty three to nothing. Um, North Knox scored both their touchdowns late, so Red Hill controlled throughout. Uh, big game for Barrett Dunn, one hundred nine yards on the ground and TD. Johnny Cooper had a late TD. Yeah, Johnny. Um, junior Johnny Cooper. So this junior class um, uh, continues to come through. Uh, Michael Gray. I'm kind of interchanged between Michael and Mick because some people call him one, some people call him another name. I know. Um, but football-wise, I know he's Mick on the football field and the baseball field. Call him what field. you want, but just call 618-945-9501. Gray's <laughs> yes. Restaurant in Bridgeport. Um, so, um, Gray had TD passes to Jake and Clark and Scott Evans um, that game. So, we're 5-3, and three, and we've got the 1-7 and seven Lawrenceville Indians coming up next week. If we win that one, Lawrenceville's uh, Owen... Oh, and six in the conference. They uh, they lost that homecoming game to Fairfield, which I think Fairfield, they were both winless in the conference, and I, and I think Fairfield drilled them. So uh, Lawrenceville is really down coming. But 
as Joe Jones said in the paper, you can throw the records out when these two teams play. I don't know how true that is. I don't. I think. I think it always pretty much. Yeah, I think it pretty much always goes the way you think it's going to go. I always. It's. It seems. It's so football and basketball. It's great when Red Hill and Lawrenceville are both good at the same times, but it does not happen very often. If you think about when one team's yeah, good, usually the other team's not. I know you know we had that great regional championship game with them when Gary was a senior in high school. I don't know how good of a season they had, but they were. I know they were really good the years after that. But they were right, yeah. young. Yeah. They were young that year with a lot of talent. Um, so we kind of. But then they got really good ninety four ninety five, and Red Hill got really bad in ninety four ninety five in basketball. We got Lawrenceville coming up, so. Throw the records out if you want, but um, I'm not. <laughs> Red Hill's a 14 point favorite against the NEC winless Lawrenceville Indians. Red Hill with the win and the cover. I'm going to say Red Hill with the win and not only cover. I'm going to take a 22 point victory. Yeah, and, and even yeah, you were kind. It, oh. it was a 33 point victory, 33 to nothing win. So the defense steps up again. Lawrenceville uh, doesn't get in the end zone. Uh, Mick three of eight, 49 yards, and a touchdown pass to his. Long time, his best friend since they were before they were even in school, Scotty Evans. They have that uh, connection on and off the field. So we obviously they had a poor run defense. He was a three of eight for forty nine yards. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were running the football right down their yeah. throats. Yeah, just uh, take, just get get so out of they, there. What would they end up? So we end up um, six and three on the season, and we have qualified for the IHSA playoffs. All right. Um, a quote I really liked um, by Coach Evans. Oh, and I have to mention this. I have not mentioned his name yet in the podcast. A late you rushing already, touchdown. Oh, I was going to say, you mentioned Darby. <laughs> uh, David Klettenberg. Uh, when we used to go to Capital Classic and stuff around this time, Klett would usually come up and sit by us because he's friend. Because Scott, we were Scotty would always hang out with us and he'd hang out there. So uh, good kid and glad to see him getting the getting the end zone against Lawrenceville. Yeah, I think I, I was calling. Uh, Coach Evans let me call the offense toward the end of the game, and we, we put David in, and he was one of those he's great a, he's kids. A he was a senior, great kid, didn't get to play a lot on either side of the ball, some special teams here and there, and so it was pretty cool to get him into the end zone and everybody was celebrating yeah. once he got May in. May have so been what really, catapulted you to the offensive coordinator's maybe, position. It took yeah, a couple know, more years. I think he rushed four times for eight yards. He yeah. kept giving it to him, yep. and then he got in there on, uh, on that four, probably two, fourth and goal. Probably four times. <laughs> two yards at a time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I really like the quote by Coach. He thought it's probably one of the finest jobs ever by a Red Hill team. Um, not numbers weren't great that year. Um, you, you're coming. To, you, the pressure's been on. You know, you put the challenge out. But he of all the teams he's coached since the early '80s that, and I and I took that quote. Maybe it's not, but like got the most out of their talents. Kind of the way I did that. Yeah. They got more out of their talent than any team that he's ever had. I mean, because you had those great teams, obviously, in 88 and 96, but, you know, they're loaded with some of the best football players Red Hills had, and there's some really good players, what obviously. What year did we team. leave off with Coach Evans' part one that we'll pick up? Where How far did we get into We that? just got through my yeah. senior year. Yeah, we said 16 seasons right. ago. Until yeah. we, <laughs> I th we keep saying part. I think it's going to be three parts yeah. of Coach Evans. <laughs> oh, hey, and just – just along those lines, uh, we we really we kind of wanted to do it this past weekend, but I had something to do. Coach Evans did too, but 
we had kind of thrown out there that we would like to do live broadcasts, whether it's Coach Evans or Little League or, you know, maybe a couple or three times a year do a live or not live, but broadcast from Gray's and have people come in. And, and I got a nice note from Becky uh, this week that said she would love for us to do that. So yep. so we'll uh, look for this podcast to be on the road at, at Gray's some Saturday sometime Yeah, let's soon. get the, yeah, once the, get this vaccine and get these restaurants back open where yep. we don't have any stipulations or anything. I'd, right. li- I'd like to do it then where people can feel comfortable coming in. And- Chris Lyles is already on board. He wants to be a part of this show. Yeah. And I he, mean, let's just real quick. I mean, this is going to be a two and a half hour podcast, but I'll who cares? Um, maybe, maybe longer. Let's just talk about the ones that would be just fantastic to do in a setting a coach, like that. This is a Coach Evans podcast. Okay. Coach Evans for sure. Coaching staff with with Biff and Gator and Gary and and bring Billy and Coach. I mean that that would be incredible. The Little League episode that we talked about would be would be great. Yeah, because there's some like former coaches from Little League. I don't know if we want to put their names because we haven't even talked to them yet. But no. there's definitely some iconic coaches I'd like to have that, li- I, that still live in the Bridgeport area. I can see that Little League episode lasting all day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, start we just have a steady, steady. We start bringing parade. in players and so forth. We will yeah. be hammered by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> now I would love. I can't can't wait till yeah. we get a chance to. But yeah, that was nice. Of, that. that was nice of Becky yeah. to, to yes, reach absolutely. out and say that. So, so we're playoff bound. And six and three, so we're going to get one of the lower seeds. And unfortunately, we get the draw that no one wanted in 3A. Um, the number one ranked team in 3A, the Benton Rangers. I was going to guess to coin. Just an absolute power in the late 90s and early. Because I was um, track and football. I mean, just tons of athletes were coming out of Benton at that time. Ridiculous that we're in the 3A playoffs. And Coach Evans even talked. We're a 2A team playing 3A. The state's playoff format is crazy. According to because what what it was back then the average enrollment it's the average enrollment of your opponents so you got Salem and Mount Carmel I mean every team's Olney everybody in Palestine's bigger than us Um, so they're taking the average of their enrollment so when you put Salem and Mount Carmel and Olney in there and schools like Carmi they're decent size Fairfield um, we ended up having a three A enrollment which is like five to six hundred kids I think it was. Um, five to seven hundred, maybe in that yeah, range. Wow. Um, they didn't always do it that way because we were two A back when uh, we went in eighty eight. So it was more the normal way back then. So it was sometime in the nineties because it was uh, Billy's class was three A two. That I mean, yeah. just think if that class was two A. I mean, they could have, you know, sometimes some there's great teams in two A two, but you got to think they would have been a major factor when us to at least get to state. Yeah. Um, then, but so. And that's, I think that's probably, I know for years we talked about getting out of the NEC. And and that's one, that's the, I was always for staying in the NEC as a traditionalist. But that's one of the things, if the state was going to keep this where your average enrollment is where you play in the playoffs, that's a good reason to not play Mount Carmel and Salem and Olney yeah. anymore. Right. Well, and, and it's, and that was triggered by Chicago and, and we're in larger metropolitan areas with, with private schools that would, you know, play a 6A schedule and then go play 1A football. Yeah, I mean, that's in. Unfortunately, Red Hill got caught on the other end of that spectrum and, and took the brunt of that mm-hmm. that rule. Yeah. So it's, um, and what led to the demise of us being in the NEC for sure. I mean, there's yeah, no reason to think that, right, that wasn't it. Yeah, that was that was a huge part. I mean, the big, the number one mm-hmm. factor. Bent was a, a powerhouse. That team. They they now, and rightfully so, they were a 17 point favorite. So it's a line that's you know you got to decide whether. Uh, we didn't win this game. I'll tell you that we didn't win this game. Um, 
But did we keep it within 17 is the question. Dave? No. If, let's see. If Dave wins this, we tie. If Dave wins and I lose, we tie. So you don't think we kept it within 17. I'm reading Chip. I can think I can read Chip pretty well, and I think he felt pretty confident about what we had done there. So I'm going to say we did keep it within 17. Gary, you were down there on the – you rode the charter bus down was, that day. We, wait, wait, we, no. got, we got hammered. <laughs> <laughs> hammered like a Little League episode. Um, yeah, it's 48-7 four, to seven final. Uh, so Benton, good job, Dave. Um, I think we – Jordan Leasty touchdown from Mick made it twenty one seven I think early and then uh, it was I know they had a running back that was awesome that their yeah. running game just killed us yeah and it's um and another quote by Evans in that Benton has twenty six seniors on their roster oh my goodness they were only having three kids that were playing both ways they were putting in a fret almost a fresh eleven we had when probably they, nine well he well he Benton has twenty six seniors we have thirty four players yeah, freshman through right. senior um, so. Definitely, the numbers caught up to us there. Um, but you know, if you think you're now, as they should, they're playing. With, one, with we're that. playing one A now. Now it's eight classes. It's more class. So it's more spread out. We have eight classes now. But uh, playing one A now, and it's um, yeah. much much more. They've the state has redone. It's no longer the average enrollment. So they've increased the classes, which I don't. Nobody likes it. Well, most some people don't. A lot of people don't like it in basketball, but in football, I don't think people have really minded much. Going from six to eight classes. Um, so yeah, we had a negative nine rushing yards on the on the day, and uh, we did rush or pass for seventy six yards. And um, you said I've got great Elisti in the third quarter. Is that you said for the yeah. touchdown? Yeah. But yep. Yeah. Um, oh, that was the third quarter because I think that made it twenty one seven. So they really. Turned it on. And they, the after that, they poured it on once <laughs> yeah. we. So because yeah, I think I didn't write that to my. I think I remember the article how it was. We were keeping it close at halftime. Yeah. Now, it, just a couple other things here, and then we'll we'll get into the win, the winter seasons. Uh, we had another board. There wasn't a lot at the board meeting there, uh, in a, but Juice did get hired as a one dollar assistant. That Justin Shear, um, job Juice got hired as a one dollar assistant. Um, I didn't see. Gary, so I don't know if you were not hired until maybe the next sport was this. You or maybe you had already been hired. I don't yeah, know. I think I may have already been. That may have been when I because I was the in school suspension. Okay, so monitor. you may have been like August or September yeah. may, during the summer. You were hired. So, um, so it, it's a it's a nice coach. I know Dave will get into this coaching staff. So I will even go into it. it's a, it's a really nice coaching staff that uh, Gary Wilsey assembled that year. But other things, so just some stats to to wrap. Wrap my portion up here. Mick Gray did end up number two in the uh, conference in passing in the regular season. Uh, 1,097 yards, 13 TDs. Uh, Jaken Clark was the number two receiver. Um, he caught 36 passes for, I think my handwriting says, 554 yards and seven touchdowns. And as I said, Scotty Evans really came on. He was the number nine, ended up being the number nine receiver in the conference. Uh, oh. Caught three TD passes, plus he had that defensive touchdown for uh, 232 yards on the season. Uh, we were the number three D in the conference and the number five offense. Yeah, it was a fun fall to um, to to cover there. Um, near the end of that, it was that week of the playoffs. It was I, I, there's some tragedies on the um, national front here for sports, and I, I remember these clearly. Two of the sports the the sports deaths that I remember the most. Um, Walter Payton, at the young age of 45, passed away on November second. Was and, he only 45? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always oh, seemed because forty five seemed older when we were. It seemed like yeah. he would have been older than that. But yeah, he's very he's young when puppy. he passed away. Yeah, yeah. and um, the week before that, Payne Stewart, um, golfer, 
a U.S. Open winner had um, what, a, what a strange yeah, death that October twenty fifth. I was for people that don't know our our studio that I do all our podcasts in is at Country Oaks Golf Club. I was right downstairs where the clubhouse used to be in this building, and uh, was I was working here and saw the news that yeah. there was a plane flying across the country that they didn't know they couldn't reach the pilot and right, just flying and, out of control throughout. The- and you learned in flight that Payne Stewart was on the plane Yeah, and you know, it turned out that the plane had lost cabin pressure or yeah. whatever, and everybody was already dead. And yeah. they, they had talked about it one time shooting it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what a, what a weird, weird story that was. And then I, and I just want, just because I was mentioning some class of 91 things that another friend, she didn't go to Red Hill long, but she was part of our, she, if you went to Red Hill at all and you were in our class, you're part of our class. So that same week as uh, Payne, the day before Payne Stewart passed away, a friend of mine from elementary school and, and her family was big, big Bridgeport family, but Gina Creek uh, passed away at the age of 26. Um, she, down, she lived down to coin, but, um, so as I said, two, two losses from my class of 91 yeah. that, that fall. And then those, so I, we had a lot of tragedies. Yeah, I, I hope what, so I, I, maybe that's happier the rest of the way, but, um, I'll, but a lot of, a lot of, you know, um, interesting stories and so forth throughout yeah. that, throughout that season. Well, as you say, as we make the transition to from fall to the winter sports, let's talk about that dollar coach that you just mentioned, Justin Shear and Terry Andrews at Andrews Insurance in Bridgeport, right there at 542 Main Street. Get a hold of those guys. They'd be happy to help you. They are independent insurance agents, and they'll be happy to uh, help you with your farm, commercial, personal insurance needs. Justin and Terry have been longtime supporters and coaches and, and everything else for Red Hill Sports, and we, we truly appreciate them uh, sponsoring the podcast. And as Chip has said many times in our commercials for Andrews Insurance, get off your seat and on your feet and rush down to 542 Main Street. Andrews Insurance Agency, they will be happy to talk to you and with a big old smile on their face. All right, we're going to transition now from the from the fall of '99. We're going to get into the to the winter sports of uh, 1999 to 2000, and leading us is going to be David King. Thanks, Gary. The star of the blue white game of 19 greatest performance 91, arguably the greatest performance in a Red Hill game ever that will never, you know. That, no, that, that no one but us will ever know about. Yeah, when we get to the David King episode, we'll get to that. <laughs> Dave, tell us about it. The blue-white game? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk all night about it. <laughs> the winner of 99-2000. No. Yeah, um, yeah, so I'm going to co- I'm gonna cover basketball, I'm going to cover wrestling, and I'm going to cover girls' basketball. Um, unfortunately, um, the success uh, – uh, the football team um, does not follow into the into the winter sports, even though we had some we had a lot of talent on the basketball team, and I'll get into them first. Um, so coming into this season, um, this is Gary Wilsey's second year. Okay, at the helm, the ninety eight ninety nine team was very successful, uh, twenty three and eight overall, thirteen and one in the NEC, at least co NEC champs. Um, I, or did they win it outright? I know they were NEC champs. I don't know if they shared it or yeah, not. I, I, yeah, that's what I couldn't, I couldn't tell. But anyway, a very successful season. Uh, lost, uh, lost their two, um, lost their two main scores in Adam Thacker and, um, Jason Bryan. Um, 
So going into the season, we've got a lot of uh, we got a lot of uh, returning players, a lot of tall, uh, a lot of height coming back. Um, going into the season, uh, one concern was the guard play. Yeah. Um, and who you know who was going to ha- uh, who was going to handle the ball. But the main returning players for the season, um, we got six seven senior Jordan Leasty. Um, he averaged six points a game as a junior. We had six uh, four senior Kenny Fox. Uh, he was a thirteen points per game scorer in his junior season. Uh, Jake and Clark has already got a lot of mentions in the football team. Um, he's a six four junior. Um, as a sophomore, he averaged four point one per. This has to be game. one of our biggest teams since the late seventies when you had Berkeley at what six one playing point guard. Yeah, it's uh, it was, and then yeah, Mark, the- Mark Bourne senior six four. Wow. Um, yeah, I. Five points per game as a junior. I I didn't mention him much in the football, but I yeah. I can maybe jump in later with some of the, I got some things I didn't even mention, so we can get to that later. And then Matt Shear, not to be out, you know, not yeah. not quite as tall, but he's still six two. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. a as a uh, sophomore, and he averaged three points a game as a freshman. If he was so. just a little bit taller, he would probably have been a good athlete. Yeah, he probably, <laughs> yeah. probably would have been. <laughs> but anyway, to start the season, uh, start the season like a lot of our season started in the Capital Classic, thanks, yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Um, season started off on a rough note, uh, losing the Marshall 78 to 66. Um, but, uh, we did turn it around and won the last two games of the, at the Red Hill site, um, beating new Athens 72 to 53 and Newton, uh, 78 to 66, which got us a, uh, spot in the super consolation game, um, at Lawrenceville on, on Saturday night. Uh, which we uh, defeated Sullivan 57 to 52, which gave us third place in the, in the Capital yeah, Classic, nice, which is yeah. a nice, solid start to the season. Start, beat some solid teams there, too, what I'm guessing. Um, and the, the, hot, the, the hot start will continue. Uh, we beat, we then uh, beat Edge Out Palestine 85 to 82. Oh, wow. Gary, what do you, any, it's, it's foggy. <laughs> that season's shoot, really foggy. That's a shootout right there. I don't remember. I, some good athletes <laughs> at Palestine back then. They had yeah. that really good football team. Yeah. yeah. I look. I was looking at some of these scores, and really, uh, I was the fresh soft coach, so I did a lot of that. But I was, of course, on the bench for the varsity games, and I, I remember the kids more than any of the games for sure. But yeah, um, yeah I remember the beating Lawrenceville, and um, I just uh, so that was two dollars you earned this season. Oh, I was paid for football. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I oh, was okay. really paid by the booster club. So oh, okay. that dollar was just a uh, just a disguise. Ah, the old 80. the old hundred dollar handshakes going on. <laughs> hundred and sixty seven combined points in a uh, high school game with eight quarters. Of that. Yeah, that's, that's uh, crazy. That's, that's crazy. Um, uh, then uh, opened up NEC play with a loss to Fairfield, uh, but then came back. We beat Salem. We beat Mount Carmel. We had a solid. Uh, Couple wins in the in the Casey Christmas Classic. Um, got beat by Sisney. Mm. Um, we beat Sullivan JV. I would hope. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, Casey knocked us off by quite a bit. Uh, but then we did come back and avenged our earlier loss season opening loss to Marshall. Um, so then heading into the new in, heading into the new year, or actually the Oblong game would have probably been I'm guessing a late late December game. Uh, we beat Oblong. We beat Lawrenceville for the first of two tries. Then things start to get pretty rough. Um, we lose a close one to Alney. Uh, we take it on the chin to Flora. Um, and then we head into the Carmi Invitational Tournament, where unfortunately one of our star players, Jordan Leasty, broke his foot. Um, mm. 
and the the losing streak, you know, from there kind of spirals out of control. Um, really, really lost uh, ten in a row, um, ten in a row total. Um, would have started two, the first two games would have been pre uh, Carmi tournament. Um, Jordan did come back um, towards been I guess the beginning probably be the beginning of February, um, and we did knock off Lawrenceville. Uh, 61 to 54 in his first game back, um, but then we finished the season with a uh, with two tough losses again to Alme and Flora um, to finish five and nine in the NEC after a uh, after a four and one start. So, um, looking at the season, it looks like we had some unfortunate injuries at at some different points. Um, reading some articles like later in the season, uh, maybe some minor injuries plus some kids being out sick. Um, yeah, just you know, kind of it just kind of compounded. So what what the record end up? Uh, we're thirteen and seventeen overall. Okay. Um, so we were would see would have been twelve and sixteen going into the regional. Yeah. Um, we did we did win the first game of the regional against Hudsonville, seventy seven to fifty three, and then Lawrenceville after we had beat them twice um, during the regular season did knock us off in the regional semifinal. Gotcha. Fifty eight to fifty one. Any memories on that game, Gary? Well, I just was going to say, uh, looking back at that year, I hadn't hell, I hadn't coached basketball in a long, long time with just little kids and junior pro or whatever. But you know, that was a year that that team had ten seniors on it, which again for a basketball team and at Red Hill especially, you don't see that a lot. And I'd say that was a pretty challenging year for for Coach Wilsey. Um, from what I remember from that year, I mean, you had a at times, some difficult situations with personnel with the, the the players at times, and um, you know we had parent uh, issues at times, and of course there wasn't enough playing time for everybody. And I know just having ten seniors and running into some of that nonsense that the coach has to deal with. I mean, I know that was that was tough for 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 Gary and for Gary Wilsey, and so I just know that that was. I know going into the tournament, you know, you have the big win, and then you 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 get Lawrenceville once again, and had had knocked him off, and then you know, you, and I don't remember much about that game in particular. But more than that, I just remember that that season all told, and um, that was a tough one. I mean, it was just a tough season for for Willsey. I think probably one of the hardest ones he had as a coach, if I was to guess. Yeah, with I got to think with that kind of size, they had to really be looking forward to a big year um, going yeah, into that uh, season. I would say, you know, I I think it was. Obviously, they'd had a lot of success the year before. A couple, I think, a couple years before that. I think the 90, 98 team was, or ninety seven team was pretty good. Yeah, they both yeah. went to the sectional fi- sectional yeah. championship game right. and 20, um, 22, 23 wins for both of those. Yeah, teams. and Kendall had resigned after that ninety ninety eight season. So, um, so Wilsey walked into a pretty really good basketball team. Right. Yeah. Now the Wilsey was, um, did he know that was going to be his last season? I don't know. I can't remember exactly when that decision was made. I, he probably maybe knew. Um, okay. I can't remember where he went right after that, or if that's when they moved south uh, when they went to Atlanta. I can't remember. Yeah, that's may when have they been. Moved, but um, like I said, I can't imagine that season left a very good taste in his mouth. If I was to guess, oh, just well. the, just the Bridgeport community, and it was it was. I had some moments out out and about, and I'm you know you're young running around and getting mouthed off to about a certain kid not playing, and it was it was it, yeah it was it was tough. Yeah. So. They uh, and say it again. What they did in the tournament? Uh, they 
they beat Hudsonville in the regional yeah. and to start off, and then uh, lost to Lawrenceville. Okay, in the semifinal after they beat Lawrenceville twice in the regular season. Gotcha. And then Lawrenceville knocked them off the third in the third meeting. And I think one of the things Gary Wilsey had said is that you know you have pretty much suspect guard play. Jake and Clark comes in and has to start almost handling the ball as a you know six foot three, typically a forward or whatever you know, and he has to do a lot of the ball handling, which was out of his. He did it, did it well. Um, I think Willsey said he was basically the MVP of the team, and you know Kenny Fox was a was a really good player too uh, on that team. And uh, Shear came in towards the end of the season and started playing good ball. And um, but yeah, it was it wasn't a great season, a thirteen and seventeen. That's that's a lot of games to lose with that much talent. Yeah. I know Adam Thacker graduated the year before. You mentioned that. Um, I I did notice in my research he had started his career at St. Louis College yes. of Pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. So since that was in my segment in the fall and had a great four-year run yeah. there yeah. Um, playing for the – Yeah. can't remember the name of that team. Yeah. The Pharmacists. I, th- I was going to say I the Pharmacists. But, I- <laughs> but uh, um, as far as uh, – I guess before we get – any further into, well, I guess I'll go into wrestling next. Uh, get into some of the movies uh, that were big at that time of year. I didn't have it on my list. I assumed Chip would have it on his list, but I guess I'll throw it out there. But one of my favorite movies of all time, American Pie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I. That's just because you love apple pie. Yeah, it's just, that's true. I've seen that movie a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, there's not too many movies that I have gone to for multiple viewings in the theater for. And I think I went and saw that four. I think I went and saw wow. that four different times. So, one of my favorite movies. I just watched it for the first time in probably ten or fifteen years. Um, Does I, it hold up? Yeah, it really. I, I, I saw it on. Uh, I just saw it on. Uh, HBO. It was one of one of the HBO yeah. channels. You know, about a month ago. Who was the girl? The foreign exchange student? Shannon I, Elizabeth. Yeah, I. You know, I had <laughs> mixed up things in my mind for a long time that that was uh, the chick that. Divorced David Silver's dating shot a machine gun oh, killer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, in my <laughs> mind, Fox. I was thinking that's yeah. Megan Fox. She was in yeah, she I was in Transformers yeah. or whatever. But, I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, that was a that was a great scene. Great, yeah. <laughs> great scene. Um, also, um, so that came out late October of '99. I re- I always really liked this movie. I don't know how you guys feel. Uh, the Green Mile. Oh, uh, came out in December movie. of 99. First thing I think about when I think about that movie is Tom Hanks having difficulty urinating. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I saw that on Christmas Day over in Vincennes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas tree. Let's, yeah. Let's go see a movie great, about... <laughs> great movie. <laughs> I'm glad we saw it. Let's go see a movie about somebody <laughs> getting executed. <laughs> And then also in uh, November of 99, um, I didn't like this one as good as I did the first one, but Toy Story 2 came out, which, mm. was, a, okay. which yeah. was probably the biggest, I'm guessing, the biggest movie of the... Of yeah, the, I think uh, it was the number three movie yeah. of the year. I, just, when I saw right. that the Sixth Sense was... I can't remember what number one was. In, I think it was a Star Wars movie was number one. Oh, year. yeah, it would have been. Or, yeah, yeah, uh, Mission episode Impossible. One. Yeah, that yeah. was awful. But, <laughs> but yeah, it would it, it would have it would have been the number one movie of the year, most likely. Uh, TV shows... I didn't do any TV research. I forgot about that. I, well, I started to do TV research, and then <laughs> I basically, and, you know, Chip won't identify with this as much as uh, Brian and Gary will with me, but um, I realized I did not watch TV at all, <laughs> except 
Except Monday Night Raw. Raw yeah, and I was Monday say, Nitro. It's a great time for wrestling. <laughs> I don't think SmackDown. I don't think SmackDown was no, on yet. I, I think it was just Monday. I this think it was, was just still Monday just night, the heat but, of the yeah, Monday by then Night I was Wars. done with Friends and Seinfeld was over. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was yeah. out of ER at that point. So yeah. I don't know what I was watching in 99, 2000. Not but, much. Uh, I don't but, think. Uh, but yeah, that's, those, uh, those two programs. That, that was at the probably at the height of pro wrestling's popularity ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had, it's it had, starting. It's it's probably starting to. At least, it had its run. It yeah. had its run in the in the late '80s, but I don't think it was as big as. I don't think it was quite as mainstream as it got at right, this point. Yeah, but yeah, this would have been its. This, this was, would have been its peak. Right, and it then after that, down. it would have started, lot, started going I, down. So. I will always. I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but right around WrestleMania one, that was the peak in my opinion. <laughs> it never got any better. Than that. I mean, those are my guys you right had, there. You had to pay for that stuff, though. You didn't. Get, you didn't get it on TV for free. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> what else you got, Dave? But uh, yeah, let's go into the wrestling season. As Chip mentioned earlier, uh, Ricky Wagner. Did get hired as the uh, as the new coach, um, and we are still just Red Hill wrestling at this point, right? That's least, my yeah. question yeah. to mm-hmm. anybody that knows this. Um, we still had our own wrestling team this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. At when what point over. did at what point did we go to a co op? Shout out to Tom Tool. Yep, regular podcast listener. Um, because this season would point. Hey guys, um, we have a caller. This is the first time we've ever had a caller on the show. Who's on the line? Gary Wilsey. Hey, Coach. Oh, hi, how coach. are you? What a surprise this is, What's Coach. We've got That's good to hear from all of you. Yeah, we've got Chip Jamerson, David King, and your former coaching protege, Gary Emmons, in the room. And we were just kind of running down the 99-2000 season. And I said, you know, we'll see if uh, we'll see if Gary's available to see what kind of memories he's got of that season. You, you had a... Uh, a really big team. Yes, we had uh, Jordan Leasty, Kenny Fox, Mark Boren, Jacob Clark, uh, Matt Shear. Uh, all of those guys were anywhere from six three to six seven. So, yeah, height wasn't the problem. That's for sure. Yeah, you got off to a good start in the Capital Classic, and then then the struggles kind of had some injury bug it looked like and and then the then the struggle start but the real question is what was it like having gary emmons as an assistant coach <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what we used to play a lot of basketball after practice we did and uh it, he was a lot of fun there was you know uh well we had juice with us so that, that's always entertaining in and of itself it, it wasn't good basketball but it was, <laughs> fun to watch but uh no i tell you what I, I don't know if gary told you but i ran into him at a schnooks there uh in evansville and i tried to recruit him and uh <laughs> he didn't pay for his groceries he just took off and left so, yeah, there you go. i didn't i didn't uh, buy I'd love to have it. <laughs> yeah do you he have was, uh, he was an outstanding coach and i i, I loved him and uh uh loyal and everything you could ask for in a coach so no i i nothing but great things Oh, awesome. Do you, what, what's your, you got to, uh, I know you're kind of put on the spot here. We only, I only texted Mandy a few minutes ago to see if you wanted to call in, but uh, do you have any memories of that season, that 99, 2000 season? Oh yeah. I have plenty of memories. I, I know you had mentioned that they had injuries. And if I remember right, Mark Boren cut his hand in a shop class. Oh my. Uh, Jordan Leasty broke his, Thumb. Yeah, that's the one and, Dave talked about. Yeah, Ryan Dowdy 
I think he had mono. Oh um, Jake and Clark, he also was injured. Uh, you know, that's a season that probably would have ended better if it, we just didn't get hit so hard with right. injuries and illness. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think you're right. I think we started off like 11 and four and then we just, you know, the wheels came off, yeah. but, uh, four and one in the NEC to start and it ended up five yeah. nines. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? That's, uh, you know, that's my fault because we had just lost two fantastic guards the year before. And we knew that we knew going in that we we're going to have to get better. And yeah. Give those kids credit. They, they gave everything they had, uh, you know, so, I've always felt like the players deserve the credit and the coaches should take the blame. I was going to so, say, you said it was your fault. It's always your fault, right? <laughs> it is, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. There you go. Uh, hey, so we, it gets a lot easier over time. Yeah, so. we, we were talking. This was your last year at Red Hill. Well, I went to Mount Vernon. Oh, I okay. wanted to finish up my uh, administrative degree. Gotcha. And did that and got uh, almost immediately into uh, being an assistant principal. And I want to say it was maybe five years after we left um, Red Hill, that we went to Atlanta. Oh, okay, okay. We were just talking about this was your last year, and we were we were just trying to figure out figure out why. So, so you're down at Evansville Day School now, and we won't keep you very long. But I just wanted to say, um, I know you come up here to to our area. I'm hoping to actually to make it over there Saturday. You're at Lagodi, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, good deal. That'll be tough. Yeah, they got a good squad. Good in there, so yeah, one of my buddies. I'm just we're kind of the. Uh, uh, we're probably the easy W for everybody, I'm guessing. But uh, that's okay. We need to play good people. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, I just saw they're they're putting it on Crawford County tonight. Pretty much, they had to replace their North Davis game because that that uh, North Davis got shut down. So, so uh, at least you'll have some tape on them anyway going into Saturday. Yeah, and well, we've actually been shut down. Tomorrow morning's our first day back. Oh, you have? Five, I didn't realize so. that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. and it's. You know, I mean, selfishly, I have a senior son and a freshman son yeah. that play. And any season is better than no season. There you so go. beggars yeah. can't be choosers. Well, you know, and I know there's times when people get frustrated with it, but uh, I mean, just in simple terms, it's, uh, you know, I know Illinois isn't playing. I know right. Kentucky's shut down as well right now. And it's like, eh. Yeah. We just be thankful for every game that we can get and have some semblance of a season. Yeah, so for sure. We're excited to go. You know, I mean, we may not look very good, but uh, hey, we'll give it a shot. Good so. deal. Well, I hope to make it over there. I'll, I'll see if I can and take a minute and, and say hello, and I wish you nothing but luck. And, and you will always have the glamour of being the first caller into the old school Red Hill podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's, we don't have to talk about my wife, yeah. but we felt like we've relived it all. There you go. Her, her story, so. Yeah, and she and That's she right. brought out old jerseys, and so so you guys get to relive all those stories. We do. Yeah. On sure. a daily basis. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks for calling in, Coach, and, and good luck this weekend. Hey, thank you. Hey, okay. now since Gary won't do it, you can feel free to sit on my bench if you'd like to. There you go. Well, I've got uh, lots of opinions, so I'll, I'll make sure that I do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you're going to have to be very creative if you're going to sit on my bench. So yeah, I come just, on over there. I just had Coach Haywood in in the studio here on our on our local podcast here in, in the in the North Davis or the Davis County area. So maybe I can have some insight on what you need to do. Yeah, he can probably point out a lot of our weaknesses. <laughs> that, so. All right, they're, coach. They're good. They're, they're very good. So. Yeah, they are. Thank you. Good luck. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, good talk again. to you, coach. Thank you, coach. Yep. All right, thanks. Well, there you go. That was a surprise. I was wow. not expecting that. <laughs> So, oh, back to wrestling, Dave. <laughs> <Yes>. Back to <laughs> wrestling. Um, basically, very shorthanded season. Uh, we only had enough. We only had enough kids out to cover five weight classes. Oh wow! Um, so that my question, I guess, goes back to the co-op program. Probably, it was probably knocking it's, on the door at this point. Yeah, yeah. at this at this at this point, it has to be. Um, some of the guys, some of the wrestlers um, on the team, uh, Cooper Bell. Uh, was a senior heavyweight. Uh, Travis uh, Travis Carell uh, was a junior, wrestled 125. Chad Higgins and Katie Coker, Ooh, oh, a girl on the team. Cool. Which scary? Any? I don't. I'm, of, I remember all. The, I don't remember that name at all. I remember the the other ones you had mentioned, but I'm, I don't recall oh, that. Interesting. Like, did she? I did she wrestle in a match? Like, did well, she wrestle any matches? I guess I kind of. That'd be interesting we do, when we do a wrestling-centric episode to find out, you know, maybe get Tom Tool on here. If, I wonder why, because they, they always had such a strong junior program. I wonder why the numbers got so bad in high school. Uh, I don't know, but if anyone has any idea if uh, Miss Coker uh, participated in any matches, I would... Tommy, let us know. I would, I, I'd love to post it on the Facebook page or send us a message or, some, or something. Um Freshmen, uh, we had a few more freshmen on the team, but um, uh, John Allender, uh, Joey Barker, Brandon Hi- Brandon Higgins, mm-hmm. um, and Matt Schultz uh, wrestled on the freshman team. So, as you probably know, a lot of the a lot of the matches um, throughout the season, a lot of, a lot of the weight classes were just four foot. So we did not have much. Did yeah, not have much right. success. Didn't in have the, much in of a chance in yeah. the team in the team department. Anybody do any individual and in state or anything? But I was going to say. Uh, Brandon and Chad Higgins both. Uh, Brandon Higgins at uh, 103 pounds and Chad Higgins at 112. I did qualify for um, sectionals uh, cool. individually. Um, you had to tie, I think in the regionals, you had to place in the top three in your weight class. Um, I believe it's Chad Higgins that won that won his weight class in the regional. Okay. And the other, and the other then got, got second cool. in, in the sectional. So, um, so that pretty well wraps up the wrestling season. Again, Anybody has any answers to those questions? We'd I'd love to know. And then my other pop my other pop culture uh, thing for this time period. I'm sure, you guys all remember it. The big Y two K. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Big Y two K scare slash. The world was going to come to an end. The world was going to come to. Where were you guys on this? How had you had you ring in the new century? Um. I, I, I did not have a, a real active social life, so I sat on my computer waiting for, my waiting game, for it to just, crash. I, I, I sat there on my computer waiting for it to see what would happen. And, and what then, happened? Nothing. <laughs> I remember. I remember that morning when it turned New Year's in Australia, watching the news to see what was going oh, yeah, to happen. And so that kind of gave us a, a yeah. precursor that nothing was. Going I to still happen. thought it might hit the Central Time Zone, yeah. so I was there waiting for it. <laughs> I I don't know if I was really that nervous about it. I mean, kind of want you know, kind of curious, yeah. you know, as to what might happen. I I think I I was in. 
I was in Bloomington, uh, Indiana that night. I was with the girl I was dating at the time. And I think we, we went to a white store concert at the uh, bluebird oh, wow. at the bluebird. And Look I think, you. I think just, I don't know. I'm, I probably had a few adult beverages throughout the evening. Probably. I think I just kind of lost track of time. And then all of a sudden it was new year. It was, it already passed. And I think, I think they mentioned it, but not, it just kept playing pretty well right through it. So. I was at the Knights of Columbus in Washington, Indiana that night. Not far from where we're at right now. Not far from where we're at right now. But uh, the last uh, last board I've got to cover um, in my winter sports uh, review is the girls' basketball team, coached by none other than Chris Lyles. The final season of Coach Lyles, as we will learn very soon in our spoiler alert section. Unfortunately for Coach Lyles and the girls' team, uh, not a lot of success this season. Reading in the previews in the daily record, the you know season preview, I think they had some they had some higher hopes going into the season. They had Abby Bryan's coming back that had been a top scorer the the year before, um, and she had you know she had some you know individual success, but yeah. unfortunately just not much team success. Um, other players besides Abby on the team, uh, Sarah Clark. Lauren Thacker was a freshman. Yeah, she had, they had some success as yeah. she got old with Coach right. Kendall. As she and she had, some, she had some success as a freshman as well. Just, again, it didn't translate yet to team success. Um, Susan Clark, uh, the, the twin sister of Sarah, I believe. Yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. about the Clark yep. twins. And uh, uh, Lacey Wilson, uh, Julia Shear, which would have been – Freshman, freshman, freshman or sophomore. So, so, so yeah, so Kendall's going to get some, yeah. some young, good young players coming. Um, also, Ashley Ayton and uh, T- Tiffany Carell also also uh, on the team. If I leave, if I left out anybody, I apologize. And one thing I see because these are a lot of your better female athletes. I can while we had numbers on the volleyball, it looks like a lot of our top female athletes were not out for volleyball. So you're going back mm-hmm. to the 0 24 season, right. trying to see if there's any of the same names, and it doesn't seem like any of these players. Played volleyball, yeah. right? That pretty well wraps up. You guys got any uh, anything to add about winter sports from that season? I think it can uh, be a good segue to get into the winter sports awards for that year. And uh, oh, there you go. some of these names we've mentioned is probably pretty uh, obvious. That the girls' basketball MVP was Abby Bryan, and she also won the assist award and also the free throw award for the team. Lacey Wilson was the rebound champ. For boys' basketball, uh, Coach Wilsey named Jaken Clark and Kenny Fox as uh, co-MVPs. Matt Shear won the defensive award, and Tom Cunningham was uh, was given the senior award that year. Like I said, yeah, there was ten stuff, seniors huh? on that team, so uh, give it to your family. I guess no, I'm kidding. And, <laughs> and, and, and Gary, did you finish? Uh, did you have any more on that? Or uh, no, go ahead. Okay, because well, I, I never got to my. I did, I did not get the awards for football or oh, volleyball yeah. or golf. Well, I had the golf awards in there, but I don't have the volleyball or the. Uh, football awards but i just want to mention some all nec that um because i talked a lot about the all we talked about our great defense but i don't think i talked about individual defensive players a lot so i want to make sure i credit these guys for being all nec uh matt kerr who had that huge fumble uh richard uh the um <laughs> the huge fumble, fumble recovery, recovery uh, against i believe is the only tigers he was first team uh defensive line and barrett dunn we talked about him a lot as a running back but he's first team uh defensive back um Mick Gray and Jake and Clark were second team on offense, of course, quarterback and receiver. Uh, Mark Bourne, who he had a great seat. I never mentioned him because I was mainly just, you know, fumble recoveries, interceptions, and, and usually for touchdowns is all I was mentioning there. So, But Bourne was second team All-NEC. And then um, Jordan Least, he was All-NEC defensive back. I only talked about him as a receiver, honorable mm. mention. And then uh, 
Ben Gaither on the defensive line. Never mentioned him. He was uh, honorable mention all NEC. So I want to make sure I got, awesome. especially since there was a lot of defensive names there, I want to make sure I got that in. It, those uh, NEC uh, all tournament or uh, those first team and second team, those were such interesting meetings I got to go to with Coach Evans and I always you'd, wondered about you'd that. pile like you know like we would we would take three or four coaches every year and you'd be at a restaurant or somewhere in Carmi or Mount Carmel only and you basically just voted and yeah. the Drink coaches beer would, and oh voted. yeah but <laughs> you know Mount Carmel every year they would put like vote every right, kid yeah. as the first team and you know a lot of most Illinois other coaches basketball, and, Lou Henson. so it was uh so it was always uh, those are really interesting things to go to that a lot of people probably never got an experience but that was uh those those are really really Re- cool. Remind me of that when we talk about the 1987 uh, All NEC baseball team. Remind hey, me to all right. bring that up, Rob Gaddy. A couple a couple other uh, awards Asshole. for the wrestling team. The co MVPs were the Higgins boys. Both Chad and Brandon were co MVPs. And uh, surprise there, based, based on yeah, based on David's report. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think anyone finds that shocking. Of Senior, course, it, it was sixty percent of the team. Yeah, they were they were about the whole thing. <laughs> Senior uh, senior award went to Cooper Bell, so he got the senior award that, that Great year. Great name! Oh yeah, I love that. Um, our music department in March was putting on uh, the Night at the Pops, so that was the that oh, was the presentation fun. for that year that they they were going to be putting putting on for everybody in uh, March, uh, late March. Article uh, March twenty third. That's when we we're talking about the basically the defection for the NEC and the NEC eventually folding, but that's when it was really heating up. Red Hill and Orangeville had already uh, had already announced that they were leaving. And uh, Flora was going to be the the third NEC team that was going to be heading to the uh, the NEC, uh, leaving the NEC and going to the Little Illini Conference. So had a couple more years in the NEC, but it, it, the, the decision you know had been made, like we said, per, based on football. One I thing I had forgot to mention in my in my thing in January um, of, the, of this 2000, there was an article in the Daily Record, and it's. Basically, the writing was on the wall that the NEC was on its way out. Yeah, Fairfield. I was a writer from Fairfield that had been quoted as basically placing the blame on Lawrenceville, Red Hill. Yeah, you know, I'm sure for, for starting, you know, for starting it off. But you well, know, you know, it was it was given at that point. It was given it like two two more seasons. Yeah, almost, so and we talked about that quite a bit, you know, tonight, but. The, yeah, the the writing was on the wall. It was it was. And it's it was, too bad because yeah. that was a great that was a great storied conference. It really was. And a lot of people were upset about it, but it also made a heck of a lot of sense for a lot of reasons to to switch to. So yep. sure, I look. You know, the way I, I'm kind of like Chip. I'm a I'm a traditionalist. I, I look back and you know, especially as a kid and you know the high schools, the success we had in football and especially basketball during that time. I don't know if we were if. We had not been in the NEC. I don't know if it would have been the same. Well, it's it's yeah. a lot like Indiana now, yeah. right? Like you know, people talk about when they were one class, um, winning a sectional was everything. You know, right. they it didn't really matter what you did after that. If you did something, it was great. But if you won a sectional, you really accomplished something. And now, you know, I mean, Bar Reeve will you know get to the semi state nearly every year mm-hmm. in four yeah. classes. So. But different, then when, but then when Chip brings up, you know, and I forgot about that in the late nineties, how they'd switched it over, so you played the average attendance of the yeah. schools you played. Well, yeah, that's not that's no good, either. Right. So I can I can see both sides of it that way. I so, really like, I, and, and I guess on another note, I really like how the little line. I I'll be honest, I didn't really like the little line when it first came out. Um, I like kind of what it morphed into. Yeah. But it sounds like 
it sounds it's like kind of morphed it, into an NEC again. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's almost now, the NEC. Yeah. There's, I don't know if there's yeah. much talk in Red Hill, but I've heard people that aren't even affiliated with Red Hill kind of talk about Red Hill being a, like the Black Diamond Conference would like to have where it's um, – it's where Fairfield and Carmine have gone, right, and it's right. where some smaller schools like Christopher. And so here's right. here's another El one of the initiatives we can push. Why don't we just get the NEC back together? <laughs> yeah, because Mount Carmel's coming to the LIC yeah. now. Yeah, um, right. So yeah. Wow. it's we we. I mean, really, it could almost reform yeah. with. Yeah. So we're back to having. So I could. I would not. I don't. I have not talked to anybody at Red Hill about this, but I would not be surprised if we leave the LIC real soon. Um, I was here. We're on the smallest again. I yeah. was here in Ramblings of that a few years ago. Yeah. So yeah. But I yeah, look. So yeah, I'm sure there's people listening to us that know more about it than I do. Yeah. But um, I was hearing the uh, what's the what's the conference like the oblong and those teams are in now. Oh, uh, the LOVC, the Little Oka Valley I've, Conference. I've heard, I've heard that one thrown out. Yeah. yeah. I say we just reform the NEC. Let's just do it. The Capital Classic's pretty darn close to the NEC yeah. tournament. Yep. Just missing one team. Really? Yeah. I think, Is that uh, right? Who are we lacking? I can't remember. Salem's, Salem's in, they're in it. Oh, Salem's uh, in it. So maybe it's just Carmine. Car- Carmine's okay. not in yeah. it. So they're the only school that's not in it. So it's almost an NEC tournament. Wow, that's point. awesome. Anyway, so moving on to baseball, uh, a really interesting start to the year. Uh, Coach Evans uh, leading leading the team once again to start the season. He only got nine eligible players to start the to start the year. Oh, we had no. nine eligible players. Wow, what happened? Big big party on State Street in Bridgeport. <laughs> okay, cops were uh, cops were called. So we had a we had a party that was busted, and then all the the student athletes that were present now took thirty day suspension. So oh, wow, that's a pretty big hit to start off the season to miss a month. Baseball season's only a couple months yeah. to begin with, so you know to lose to start out and um, you know of the of the I guess you could say the the top players. I think Mick was one of the only ones that. Didn't get caught, I guess you could say, or maybe he never. Sh- I think he never showed up. <laughs> Let's not say he didn't get caught. That's <laughs> that's insinuating yeah. that he was there. I'm pretty confident Mick never arrived and probably had no plans to, if yep. I was to guess. Uh, right, Mick. So, um, so that started off. So it was a, a pretty pretty season start off with a 10 six. 10-6 loss to Cumberland, and that kind of continued uh, pretty close to basketball. 8-17-1 uh, final record in the baseball. Quick uh, exit in the regionals. Mick had a fantastic year his junior year, and, you know, he went on to have a, an amazing senior season. We get into that and all the home runs all the home runs he hit. I just wanted yeah. to say we had some seasons before that they played like nine games, yeah. and, yeah. and these guys went 8-17-1. and one, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big big scheduling difference. How many homers did he hit? He that year was he only hit five that year as a junior. He hit three sixty eight, had twenty seven RBIs, okay. and and uh, scored twenty three runs. And he was uh, all area in the Vincent Sun Commercial, and also was first team All NEC. Um, Jacob was a good ball player too, and they had some had some good ball players. Like I say, when you you miss uh, a good chunk of your team for uh, half the season, that 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 made it tough. Moving on to the softball team, um, you know Casey Lake was the uh, the Golden Glove for the team. She was one of the top players, and we had a uh, freshman Amy Fiscus uh, was a co MVP, and she won the batting title. And Ashley Evans, uh, Coach Evans's daughter, sophomore, was also co MVP of that team. Um, I looked and looked and looked, and you could not find a record for this softball team anywhere. I would have had to go. Through Is that right? They just never, even in the lab, they never even mentioned it. So kind of going back to the coaches probably reporting getting getting very little publicity, or you had to go. Do it yourself. Um, both Fiscus and Evans were uh, NEC uh, honorable mentions um, on that team. That team was young though, and they they got they had some pretty good seasons as you went through. We had a junior high track team, which I thought this was funny for junior high state qualifiers. There was about thirty kids listed that made it to state that year. 
Um, some of the notables, they're going to be uh, really good high school athletes, Brady Decker and Lauren Dickerson and Eric, Eric Adamson and Brandon Christie, Olivia Baltel, Shannon Miller, Heather Kendall, Josh Gray, Kalantha Bandy, Cody Wagner, Levi Kaiser, Josh Green and Josh Kissin all made the uh, all made state in the junior high track. There was wow. not one article after that that talked about how anybody did, but that's uh, <laughs> we know they made it to state, so that's that's an awesome. Well, we thing. don't know they made it. We know they were there. You they, they, know, qualified. they were qualified. Yeah, we know they qualified. Uh, Coach Fred Kendall led the led the the, the boys uh, track team, and uh, he had a sophomore Matt Shear, and this is where Matt kind of came into his own as a as a trackster. Um, he did advance to the state finals and um, uh, the 400, and he didn't lose a race all year. And I know we've talked about Ryan Shields before, and he got in Matt's way of probably three state championships, but, um, you know, ran up against him. But, uh, you know, Matt's only loss of the year was in the state finals, two, two Shields in the four in the 400, only loss all year. Matt also qualified in the triple jump in the 200 meter for the for the state. So, you know, talk about just an amazing athlete. I always thought that triple jump would be so hard I, to do. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I have no, I'm not coordinated one bit. So I really just try, even trying to act that out, yeah. I, like, I don't know how they do I, it. I just, I always wondered when I'd see that, like, why did someone do that and think, yeah, this should be its yeah. own event? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matt, I, I Matt, don't get it at all. Matt figured it, Matt figured it out, though, so... <laughs> Um, we had a 400 relay team of Shear, Barrett Dunn, Johnny Cooper, and Ryan Dowdy also qualify for state. Johnny Cooper, really? Yeah, he was, yeah. he was real. I mean, he scored a touchdown. Yeah, he was really for, fast. Very, very GD, fast. My, my fullback on that storied sixth grade football okay. team. <laughs> uh, the girls track team, you know, Coach Lyles, he had a ton of girls out that year and uh, had co-MVPs of uh, Matt's sister, Julia, along with uh, Tabitha Thomas. Uh, Courtney Legg was the outstanding jumper, and Jessica Tussie was the outstanding distance runner. Yeah, Julia Garner was also on the team, and she was a hurdler. Uh, Jeannie Wyman was the was at the. There's uh, a volleyball player right yeah. there. I was waiting for another volleyball. Name. <laughs> she was the top thrower on the team. We all of a sudden like become rooting for our own yes. athletes in the season that we're in. Uh, Jennifer McLean was the top sprinter. Um, we sent a few to state the uh, state in uh, the girls track team. Uh, Julia Shear was actually 16th in the 300 uh, 300 meter hurdles. We had a couple relay teams made it with uh, Shear, Tabitha Thomas, Jennifer McLean, and Courtney Legg finished 20th. And then uh, the 400 relay team of Shear, Legg, McLean, and Julia Garner finished 23rd. So had some success that year in uh, our, our girls' track team. A uh, couple things of note that I saw in the uh, school board notes. Uh, Gary Wilsey resigned at the April uh, 2000 school board meeting. Another top story going on in Lawrence County for a, a couple years leading up to that, but I can't imagine that Jane Ray uh, had uh, resigned. And if you know that she was the the grandmother of the little boy uh, that was murdered in, in Lawrenceville, Joel Kirkpatrick, and mm. I can't imagine how she continued to teach through, throughout oh, that. Wow. And I know she took some leave, but she she had resigned because that was still going through the um, the hearing. that They hadn't actually started the trial, the first trial for that for that yet. Um, you know, a couple of the, the things going on in our country and some songs and Different things that uh, I found that uh, were, were kind of top songs. So, 10 weeks at number one. We talked about Santana earlier, and uh, it's been 10 weeks. Uh, Maria, Maria. So, now we can start our debate. Ladies and gents, turn up your sound system to the sound of Carlos Santana. In the Skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's good. This is this is good. It doesn't even touch. No. Yeah. Smooth is more my type of music. Yeah. Ten weeks at number one, though. I mean, well, you can't. You know, listen. I'm not gonna. 
gonna argue. I'll with listen to either one of them. Um, I guess I'll give the I guess I'll give the nod to Smooth just because it little few more memories attached to this. I don't really have. This doesn't take me to. This doesn't really take no, me it, back to the spring of This is the best part right here. Yeah. I mean that's you know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's much of a contest there, but uh country song. This song I didn't see it was spent like nearly the entire year on the Hot 100 countdown. Lone Stars um, amazed. Good Played song. at uh, many a wedding. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every time our eyes meet this feeling inside me is almost more than I can take. Yeah, I I, I would. I wish I had a dime for every wedding this baby was played at that year. I'm guessing it got played at your wedding. Just down, I don't just think down it the, did. Just down the no. road here. Or yeah, I don't think it would. I don't think it did. And then Eminem's debut album came out, and the real Slim Shady. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. Some of the top news stories in the spring of 2000. In a pre-dawn raid, federal agents seized six-year-old Elian Gonzalez from a relatives of Miami. It was in a custody battle, and they returned the kiddo to his uh, his Cuban father, who was in Washington, D.C. That made every news you know newspaper and uh, on the, the TV. You know what we did that night before? That's the night that Mandy trailer was over. We had the big party at the house and then went to the townhouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you oh, were yeah. there, right? Easter Jam. Yeah, yeah, we called it Easter Jam 2000. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Because I just remember laying in bed feeling like a, pure death a, watching that a, alien Gonzalez. Had a few too many beverages that night, possibly. <laughs> April of 2000. This is so 2000. Metallica files a lawsuit against Napster. Oh, oh wow. Napster, wow. That was... Uh, What's his name? Sean Parker? Is that right? I, I, can't, I yeah, can't remember yeah, I'm that. pretty sure that's yeah, it. That sounds right. But going through that, trying to download those... Oh, my gosh. What a... I thought it was amazing that I could, like, put my dial-up internet, like, you know, queue up, like, five songs... And then, like overnight, like yeah. let them download, and like they would be downloaded like the next yeah. morning. I had them. It was life changing. It was amazing. What was the other one? LimeWire. LimeWire. LimeWire was, uh, le- was guarantee la- you was later. Uh, yeah. ruined, they were more filled with viruses. Yeah, I was just saying yeah. it ruined at least two computers that <laughs> yeah. I had. That, yeah, it was, I remember I was on ICQ. I was talking to my friend Mike Bunning, ninety-two Red Hill grad, and he just sent me an ICQ message that said, "Download Napster. Thank me later." Hung up his ICQ. Oh wow! I never. I know what Napster was. The original mic drop. Yes. Yeah. It was, and um, I didn't know what he was talking about, but I downloaded it, and it was crazy. I couldn't believe I could just get any song that I wanted. Live versions coming. You could get. I mean, it it was all there. It was amazing. May of 2000 is kind of like a sign of the times of how we take things for granted now. But President Bill Clinton announced the accurate GPS. Would no longer be restricted to the U.S. military, so oh wow, made, made our lives much easier. Coming very very soon after that, what a big, big year, big uh, de- big development in the farm community. I'm sure, that, yeah, so. for, for yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of the top movies in the spring of that year were uh, Road Trip. I think probably all of us saw that movie, didn't we? Oh, I'm uh, yeah, I saw I, that with Brino up in Schaumburg. Did we laugh? I, I don't know that I've ever laughed. Uh, except you and I went, Gary. I'm pointing at Gary. You can't see me. We went to see Dumb and Dumber, and I laughed oh, yeah. pretty hard during that when he was lighting, <laughs> lighting his farts. But how hard did we? And laugh it's a at funny scene, but 
my good, there was just, I mean, we were, we, it was, what's his name? Is his name Kevin? The, yeah, the guy in the, in the movie when he's dancing, it's, it, it's tricky by run DMC. I don't know. Oh just, my God. And we were out of control. I mean, it was out of control <laughs> after. Yeah. And then, and then that part on the bus when they were playing this. Oh yeah. What a movie. What a great scene that was when they were singing this song. Yes. Uh, and I will say, and from <laughs> that from that time period, from this time general time period, Tom Green, as my money was the funniest man in America <laughs> at the time. I mean, he doesn't hold it. I don't know. His stuff I, don't think, I don't think it held it, up. It doesn't, yeah. help, doesn't hold up at well, but at the time. Well, he's mentioned in that Eminem song. He, yeah. He mentioned something about Tom Green. I just showed Gavin a couple of those Tom Green shows about two or three months ago, and he thought it was the dumbest thing he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> Couple other top movies we had: Gladiator, American Psycho, and Ready to Rumble. Never saw any of them. Never seen any of them. Really, <laughs> Gladiator's a great movie. The f- American Psycho is Christian Bale. And, pretty good. Yeah. Um, pretty the dark. Other one, the other one, yeah, dark. It was is that a heroin like a, movie. No, no, it's like yeah. a uh, psycho, like uh, serial killer type. Okay, but it's like a dark comedy type. Then Ready to Rumble, uh, David Arquette would let him win in the WCW World Championship. <laughs> I've seen parts of that. We, we talked about the peak of pro wrestling. Yeah, this um, was the, this that was the, might have been. This was the valley. Well, this was definitely on the way down yeah. at that point. But that kind of concludes the uh, the spring of uh, 2000. So we're going to move on now and get into some of the, the things of the summer. Well, I'll just kind of take off where, or, uh, where you left off. Um, number one movie when... Uh, for three weeks was Mission Impossible. That was uh, rocking and rolling. Uh, one of the big songs at the time was uh, completely inappropriate for people of my age to watch the video, but. Uh... Takes a minute to get going. That's Britney Spears with Oops, I Did It Again. Yeah, I go back and forth whether I like this or. Um... Hit me, baby, one more time on which one I like better. Love both songs. That's a good song. Just watched Nelly last night on Dancing with the Stars. Love it. So, those were a couple of the songs. And the third one, and honestly, I didn't even know this one by the title. And then once I listened to it, I, I did know it. In sync, it's, it's going to be me. I see a lot of times in this, it's a popular, um, like what they call those memes on Facebook. Yeah. People like on May 1st, people, it's going to be May is what they say. On, oh, wow. I see a lot of those going around May 1st every year. They <laughs> Keeps it going. In sync, yeah. Uh, movies uh, in Vincent's Big Mama's House, Shanghai Noon. Gary mentioned Road Trip. Um, one thing I saw in, actually, I, and I, when we when we do this, and first of all, let's again say thank you to the state of, of Dick Poppy for doing this for the Daily yeah. Records. This is really cool, and if there's any listeners left listening to this, this is how we, we do this. We go through the newspapers, but um, I remember seeing this all the time, but I had completely forgot about it until, and I was just kind of flipping through one of the old papers and saw it. It wasn't on the sports page, but it was on the, like, the Bridgeport News, you know, that little section that they had. Uh, Monday, June 5th of 2000, Ray and Barbara Wagner competed in the Senior Olympics in Mount Vernon. They were big and, on that. And yeah. They were very, very big <laughs> on that. I remembered seeing it. And uh, Ray got second in free throws. 
got second in the washer toss and uh, got uh, second in the bait casting. And now that's great. I mean, you know, former sixth grade principal. Everybody knows Ray Wagner, all proud, but he didn't do as good as Barbara. Okay. Barbara got first in the free throws and first in the washer toss. In the same category? Well, I'm I'm assuming I'm guessing it was. Well, I don't know. You bring up a good point. Oh, I was picturing like a female category. I was too. And a male now, Gary, now Gary's got me doubting the whole thing. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, in the Lawrence County Open, uh, some Red Hill notables that uh, did well, and and I'm just gonna say right now, I, I told these guys earlier as we were eating Pizza House pizza from uh, Tyler Griffin that was delicious. Uh, we got two. Extra large sausage pepperonis and uh, the, the cr- cheesy crusty cheesy crusties. <laughs> I'll get I'll get that name for you, Tyler. <laughs> like I mean, it's like breadsticks with cheese or yeah, it's kind of you know the shape of a pizza. And yeah, was, um, they were really good. Um, we had we got the cheese dipping sauce. You can also get the garlic butter or just the the marinara. And just don't forget, in December you can get a chicken Alfredo pizza, which is the employee pick of the month. But uh, the my update's going to be rather small because there was nothing going on during these summer months. But uh, in the Lawrence County Open, which you always report on, Red Hill notable Joe Kurtz gets seventh place in the championship fight, fires a 74-72 at him. Stacy Moore was an also-ran with a 74-76, as I just mentioned. Uh, and, and he's not a Red Hill guy, but I feel like I need to mention him. The C-Flight champion was Dick Poppy. All right. 83, 84. Awesome. So, again, thanks to the estate for doing yeah, that. Yeah, because, I mean, I, th- I think he passed away in his early 90s a few years ago, so he would have been in a set around 70 yeah. then. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. 83, 84, so good job. And the A-Flight... Uh, Justin Shear shot a 75, probably had a couple cocktails, I'm guessing, on Saturday night. Came back through an 82 at him on Sunday, so shot a 157. Uh, June 7th, uh, newspaper, the story on the beginning of Little League, which I thought was interesting, and it was actually on a kind of a children's page with puzzles and coloring and just happened to catch my eye, but i got a trivia question for you that I learned. Who was the first Little League alumni... To make it to baseball's Hall of Fame. Oh, so you're talking about all, not the Bridgeport Little League. No, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, God, who am I forgetting? Not, not Bridgeport Little League. <laughs> Little League as a whole. Who was the first Little League alumni to make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame? Oh, it's not Lloyd McClendon because he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, not the famous Pittsburgh third baseman? A fielder. Oh, Yastrzemski. Yep, Carl Yastrzemski. First one ever. Uh, Gary mentioned Mick Gray gets all NEC first team as the uh, – as an infielder, also in the honorable mention, Dustin Andrews, Tommy Cunningham. Uh, let's see. He talked about the track awards, so we'll skip that. On uh, the June 16th paper, uh, Fred Kendall was hired as the girls' basketball coach. He was 163 Ooh, yeah. and 115 over 10 years as the boys' coach, which, honestly, I, I thought that record would be better. Uh, well, not, he had some – after, after my senior year, some yeah, rough teams. He had, like, yeah. two – like. You can get the records two, right there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right in front of you. That that shocked me a little. So he he got, but he got all those. He got a lot of those 163 in in a yeah. hurry. Two yeah. and 22 and 93, 94. Okay. Three and 23. Three and 23 and 94, 95. Gotcha. Yeah, rough stretch. So here's what I thought was interesting though. Um, Fred Kendall, legendary coach, right? 
It was a five, Legend, yeah. five one vote on the school board to re uh, hire Fred as the girls' coach. Le- legend. Um, I I think he should be an IBCA Hall of Famer. If someone would, I think you have to be an IBCA member to nominate him. But that's a so I surprised that he got a vote against yeah. him. Brad, Brad Buchanan. Brad Buchanan. I yeah. looked it up too. I, oh, you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't I'd know. love to hear the. I would do. I'd like why. to know why he voted no on that. Um, Stupid. Not. Not, well, I was going to say, I'm not faulting him. He had a reason. Gary called him stupid. So. Yeah. You're a friend of Brad's, aren't you, Dave? You can maybe talk to well, him about need, this. Can you get awesome. him on the line right yeah. now? Hey, Gar- hey, hey, Dave, get your producer title and get Buchanan <laughs> on the line like I did Wilsey. I really need to know why you voted no. Uh, uh, taking over from um, the aforementioned Biff Lyles, who went 3-19, and 4-20, and 5-19. and 19. Uh, Interesting point here someone retired that had been a long time uh position at red hill high school julie mcmillan okay retired as any guess oh you're not not teacher yep yearbook yep she was a yearbook sponsor for 21 years okay and so so basically everything we see on the table that's julie mcmillan yeah we've got how many we got there uh it looks like three six nine yeah nine nine or so yearbooks. yearbooks and then i did notice i didn't see who took over for her but they i did see in one of the school board notes that they got approved to go on a retreat to a yearbook sponsors don't mess it up yeah Yeah, they went like to mount vernon i think they went to a conference like i said the news was pretty sparse as i went through these papers and honestly i was about to give up at the end of june and then something caught my eye I was. You told me there was a bombshell. I was, like, I was trying. Was the Julie McMillan the bombshell or? Uh, oh, it was a bombshell. So in the June. So that was, okay. uh, Oh no no. We got no, more, no. We got more than <laughs> got bigger than that. Yeah, okay. But Julie McMillan, the fantastic lady, loved her oh, as a teacher. Great yearbooks. You're obviously did good job with the yearbook, Julie. but that's not the story. Okay. Yeah. So in the June 27th paper, so it would have been a couple days before that, Bridgeport's got a new police officer. First day on the job, start his. <laughs> His shift started at 4 p.m. Okay. I think I know where this is going. Danny Ash starts right. his shift. Well, still, still in law enforcement. Yeah. Right? At 6 p.m., a call comes in that Robert McDowell is choking on a piece of meat. Okay. So two hours into his first day on the job, Danny rushes over, performs the Heimlich maneuver. Wow which ejects said piece of meat nice. out of Mr. McDowell. Great. And after spending a couple of days in the hospital, he's fine. Uh, Police Chief Robert Nessel Road calls him a hero. As yeah. Should. First day on the job, boys. That's wow. A, wow. What's the and, response time to get that out of there? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think he's the school resource officer today. At least I know he had gotten that position a couple of years ago when Red Hill added that. So still doing a lot of good things. So um, I think we need to talk to Danny Ash (laughs) about this story of nothing else. Do you have his number? I do not. Um, But uh, we will put, if anybody's still listening to this podcast a couple hours into this baby, um, let Danny Ash know. We want to know the story on this and we will will follow up on that. And uh, I've just gotten word from our intern. That we have breaking news, so I'm going to hit the breaking news song. All right, I've been in contact with Dina Hayes Seed, the oh. uh, sister of Mike Hayes, 1991 oh, graduate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was wondering, at the Bomber Division at the Red Hill Raceway, was that her brother, Mike Jr., or her dad, Mike it was her dad, Mike oh, Hayes okay. Sr., that was top 10 in the bomber division. Wow. I know 
people are probably wondering, you know, that was an hour and a half, two hours ago. I talked about that. When's he going to find out? So I want to make sure I got that for you before the show. So congratulations, Mike. Um, one of the best catchphrases of all time. If we ever do a podcast on catchphrases, we were standing at a Red Hill football game in the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere in there. And a Red Hill typically is called the blue. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Kind of what they on the do. road. But, we were whites, right? But uh, we we stood next to to <laughs> Mike Hayes Senior, and um, I don't know seventy five to a hundred times during the game. Chip, what did he say? Let's go white. Let's go white. <laughs> so I, I like that. Yeah, I mean that's the uniform color <laughs> we were. That's wearing. what we were wearing. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna call him? Blue. <laughs> so great guy. So two big uh, two big call in. Correspondent yeah. stories tonight. Yeah, and it's a little later. I try to get Danny Ash's phone number and Brad Buchanan's phone number. But <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of time in this podcast. <laughs> well, hey, if you're hanging with us here, <laughs> you know, you may have broken this up over a full week of driving to work, but we had a good time. I honestly, when we talked about doing this, I, I, we, well, none of us, well, Gary did, I guess, but I knew, I knew nothing about 99, 2000 it Red was a, Hill. It was a little out of our comfort zone because we, don't have as much knowledge of being there, but um, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoy. I love great, it. great football season. Um, I liked the, I liked the the little game that Dave and I had going, and uh, it, this was a it might it, catch on on future um, yeah. ep- episodes. It was a good, it was a good group of kids. Honestly, that that like I say, I coached them in sixth grade, and good group of kids, and they had some fun. Thank you to Gary Wilsey for calling in. I appreciate that. That was fun that, that he called in, and he's down at Evansville Day School, so we wish him nothing but luck. Um, anything else, guys? Chip, let's take it around the horn. Oh, I had a great, great time tonight. Um, it was a, Brian pretty much echoing what he said. I really enjoyed learning more about that 99-2000 season, and I love that Griffin's Pizza House pizza tonight. Awesome. Dave yeah. King, talk to us, my buddy. Also love the pizza as well. Um, one thing didn't really hit my songs, but my songs, I forgot, but they're really not. <laughs> nothing really jumped out. You know, I don't, I don't. Black Balloon's a great song. Black Balloon by Goo Goo Dolls. That I, is a great song. I don't want to sound like an old man, but boy, this was starting to be the demise of music. Well, right. We're right on the cusp here of... Uh, but this song is fantastic. This song is not the demise. No, you're not saying that. Yeah. This era. <laughs> right, we're, yeah. we're, st- we're starting to get a little shaky here. For our tastes. Except for this song. Yes. <laughs> I love, I absolutely love that band. Yeah, these guys put out a lot of good music. Yes, yes. And another song, Dave, I'm not even going to play one of them. But another well, song. Well, if you want to play that, that, if you want to make your demise of music point, <laughs> that, that, that one made Not this it. one, though. This is a good song. Here. Oh, yeah, this is a great song. But things weren't going well here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mumble number five. We talk about music. We talk about music as a time machine. And this song takes me back to a very specific place and at a very good point in my life. Good. Well, where, where, where at? Where are you at during this song? Bloomington, Indiana Dance Club. I was going to say, I thought when you brought the Bluebird, I thought you you were going to segue into this song. 
I picture uh, there was a bar called uh, Mars in, Blo- in in Bloomington. I just I don't know. I remember being in there, good time of my life, and uh, this, this song was always playing. This song was part of the demise of Sammy Sosa with the Chicago <laughs> Cubs too, because they got so sick and tired of him blasting this song when he walked out the last day. They smashed yeah. his. And I didn't even off. mention the fall of '99. There was a huge home run rate. These guys didn't stop hitting homers after '98. They were up no. around '70 and '99 yeah. also. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is – you start looking over these charts, and, boy, things are getting rough. But uh, this song never gets old. No, it doesn't. Nope. Thank you so much for listening. We're trying here, and we're having a lot of fun <laughs> doing it. Like I say, if, if, you, uh, if you don't do anything, go see our sponsors, Gray's, People's State Bank. Andrew's Insurance, Griffin's Pizza House. We've got a couple other ones that I can't wait to talk about because we're, we're so happy to promote Bridgeport business. And if you've got one, let us know, and we'll be happy to, uh, to uh, make sure we help spread the word at a very, very economical price. We're not trying to get rich here, but we, uh, we do want to help you grow your business. So on behalf of all of our interns and our staff that does all the research for us on this show, Chip Jamerson, David King, Gary Evans, and myself, Brian Evans. If there's nothing else we want to say tonight, it's we are Red Hill. Let's go white.